Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? We're talking good signs and bad signs about NFL preseason action. Right around the corner, we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Good afternoon to you, Mr. Kerry Rhodes. I don't want to put any undue pressure on your, your shoulders here, because I know you can take this. Bring it on. My life Uh-oh. could hinge on this first hour of the show, Kerry. Oh, that's pressure. I, I mean, the radio walls always have ears. <laughs> That's as much as I can tell you, Carrie. Oh, man. You know? How much over or under what? <laughs> oh. He thinks it's a bet. <laughs> like, it's always a bet with Our him. guy Chris Perfett <laughs> thinks I've got the Orioles or something. No, no, it's a, it's radio related. Okay. No bets today. Can you believe that? You didn't put I in- mean, the day is young, though, Carrie. Got it. You yep. know? Yep. You didn't we put were any traveling. In. You didn't put any in today. Nothing. Nothing. I, I know it. <laughs> Nothing yet. But uh, what is it? Five o'clock Eastern time, we were driving. We were driving from Peoria to South Bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, my hometown. Didn't go to college there, but it's home, Carrie. You know, so I was, I was on the way mm-hmm. and uh, didn't put any bets in. But uh, like I said, the night is young. <laughs> if there's anything that you see on those screens in there, Carrie, and you're like, you know what? No, I know we're talking NFL preseason, but. Get in on the Dodgers or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're a little late on the Dodgers. It's already in the fourth. But you know what, B? I came in flying high. I saw the, the Yankees up 7-2, uh, heading to the ninth. And uh, hearing Monsi's update just uh, mm. flattened my mood. So you got to get me going. Uh, that, was, that was a heartbreaker. Uh, the Yankees are in trouble, man. I hope you didn't think, man – did no have money on my Yankees today? <laughs> I hope you didn't think that because I didn't. <laughs> Just to set the record straight, but uh, some of my Sunday bets you would think I did. How about the NFL preseason, Kerry? Where I mean, you got a lot to choose from. You got rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. You got their preseason debuts. One of the things that stood out to me the most was Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Think how chatty Sean Payton has been this off season. Mm-hmm. He did this. 
scathing interview with USA Today, and he's just throwing Nathaniel Hackett under the bus. He's throwing Broncos front office under the bus, right. <laughs> even though they're still there. <laughs> And you had Russell Wilson get four series against the Arizona Cardinals. And he got hit five times, Kerry. Yeah. Four series. You think about that. That's a lot of playing time in the first week. I know they're trying to get it on track. And they eventually scored a touchdown before the first half was up. But the way I felt about it, I know they're trying to work the kinks out. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But it's telling. It is telling that the first string offense needed that much time against Arizona to try to get some momentum going. Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, a lot of coaches have different um, ideas about what the preseason represents. And obviously you have Sean Payton, the new, new head coach, coming in trying to get his system installed. Playing time doesn't hurt. But I think I, I think there is some cause for alarm for sure. I, that offensive line was a problem last year as well. And so – for them to have the same problems week one, do we start talking about Sean Payton being a terrible coach and doing terrible things, or do we give him time? Because he's been so outspoken about the job before he got it. So that's that's a little bit of a, uh, of alarm, but I, I think they'll work it out. I, I know Sean, when he, was, when he had Drew Brees in New Orleans, they were on such a system, on such a, a timing thing where the operation was so critical for them. So I'm sure they're just trying to work out the kinks. You think about... Actions supporting words, yeah, right. That that was my takeaway from the first game for the Broncos, which was you had four series for Russell Wilson mm-hmm. in that starting offense. That supports the words of Sean Payton when he did that interview with USA Today, where he was like, "This was one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen." Right, right, and, right. and some of the things that he was saying about Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos last season. A lot of people took that as, like Aaron Rodgers said, Mm -hmm. oh, you're just trying to set the stage for a cushy fall should you fail. There were a lot of different takeaways. My takeaway was he was telling the truth as he saw it. He was like, there's a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. It'd be like, I don't know, coming back to your house and they just left the sink on. And you're like, what is going on? You realize how much stuff I got to clean up? So... For the offense to get four series, I thought those actions supported the words of Sean Payton where he's saying, we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, probably so, Brian. But I, I really hated that he he came out and said that publicly. Publicly, I mean, yeah. keep that behind closed doors. You can use that to motivate your team. But to bash another coach and, 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 and uh, another regime before, you know, you know the, the previous regime that was in to come in and, and and try to set the record straight on that and like you said give yourself a cushion was was not the right way to go about it but I, I mean I do obviously know that Sean's a really good coach and um you know th- this team needs work and I know that from my own time in the league a lot of times that stuff is scripted they're probably we're going to get two series and they really came out and stunk it up, so you know, coach gave me a few more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so then you go out and you score, then you feel a little bit better about yourself. So I get it. That's right. How about what we're seeing right now? We got the uh, Niners and the Raiders. Trey Lance is still in there mm-hmm. as the 49ers quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, man, Kerry, you can speak to this for sure. NFL life comes at you fast. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. think about Trey Lance, where he was the number three overall pick a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, he had a lot of injuries. He had Jimmy Garoppolo as the starter. And then he gets his chance, and, and he gets hurt, right? Right. And now it's Brock Purdy's job. Mr. Irrelevant, the last <laughs> pick of the draft. It's his gig. 
And now Trey Lance is basically getting the entire first half to try to prove himself mm-hmm. to maybe be in line to be the backup. Yeah. He's trying to beat out Sam Darnold <laughs> to back up Purdy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to me how much the Niners traded to get Trey Lance. And now after elbow surgery, the Niners all offseason have been like Brock Purdy's QB1. Like yeah, Trey Lance must have to be like, what is happening here? Yeah, that's that's fine. You know the whole the whole saying, Brian, that don't get Wally pipped. That I mean, that's pretty yep. much what this scenario is. And you know, Trey Lance is this man, really still young. I mean, in his second year, and he still has a chance to to prove himself. I mean, you can look at the guy that they just brought in, Sam Donald. Right? He's been on now his third team. He was supposed to come in and be the New York Jets savior at the time, and obviously that didn't work out. And then Carolina came knocking and. That was supposed to be the turning point again, and now he's on team three, and he's trying to prove himself. So nobody's safe. You have to go out and perform, and obviously it takes a lot of luck as well to stay healthy in this league. And Trey's not done yet, but he just has to prove himself, and there's nothing wrong with him getting playing time in the preseason. He needs it. Man, which do you think hurts more? Take Darnold and Trey Lance. Yeah. Think about this. So Sam Darnold, number three overall pick, right? Right. And he just did not have a good supporting cast. That was a major part of it. I'm not putting all of it on that because Darnold had his shortcomings and he was inaccurate at times. It's not like everybody was blanketed always. (laughs) There's the the classic audio of him saying, I'm seeing ghosts out here. Like that's not on them. That's on Darnold. But the supporting cast had a lot to do with his inconsistencies and lack of success. Then you look at Trey Lance. They've got the roster. Yeah. They've got the supporting cast, and he was injured often Mm -hmm. and then inconsistent when he was healthy, but mainly injured. So you're looking at Darnold, mostly lack of a supporting cast, Trey Lance, lack of health, Mm -hmm. which is tougher to stomach as both are set to be holding clipboards backing up Brock Purdy. I think, (laughs) I know, it's crazy. Uh, (laughs) You know, I really believe that, you know, there's still more upside and more, uh, of a chance to come out of this for Trey Lance, right? I mean, the injuries, obviously, we can't control. Uh, Sam Darnold's had enough tape to kind of show who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in New York, he really didn't have a chance. I mean, you go into a situation like that where he did not have a great supporting cast. And, you know, you get into those situations where you're supposed to be the guy that can overcome some of those shortcomings. And that's not that's just not always how it happens. But Trey... I mean, this San Francisco team, I, they have so, so much talent around them. And the way that Shanahan runs his offense, I, I just I, I just can't see Trey being that bad. But obviously he is at the moment. And this game this game time and, and these preseasons is going to matter a lot for him because not on, only is he playing for himself, but he's playing for the other teams in the league as well. So I, I'd, I'd, be, I, I'd really hone in on, and look and see what Trey does for the rest of his preseason. Man, you know what's wild? It's staggering looking at the games that both of these guys started. Right. For Trey Lance, two. For Sam exactly. Darnold in his career, 55. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Darnold started 38 games with the Jets, 17 with the Panthers over two years. So if you're Trey Lance, if I'm Trey Lance, I don't know how he thinks, but if yeah. I'm him, yeah. I'm thinking, I started two games. <laughs> I started twice, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and now, after elbow surgery, all I hear is my head coach, Kyle Shanahan, saying, oh, no, we want Brock Birdie in there. We want Brock. Yeah. We want Brock. Yeah. You know, <laughs> after two starts, that's tough to stomach, man. Yeah, it is, but I, I think it's also motivation as well. So don't, 
you know, don't kind of belie on, you know, what all the words that, you know, that he's saying right now. I think he's also trying to self-motivate Trey Lance as well. So right. um, I think there's some some hidden you know, moments of that being put out there in the public forum. And I you, you, this kind of shows the teammates and the people around him and, and around the organization as well. Um, they're looking at him to see how he takes this. And I don't think it's um, all negative with what Coach is saying, um, trying to get him ready to go. Yeah, man, you think about starting quarterbacks for the 49ers. Yeah. It's not quite as morbid as the drummer of Spinal Tap. So it's a video, it's a movie with this rock band, and the drummer just kept dying. It's not that <laughs> morbid, but you think about the amount of injuries for these Niners quarterbacks. I know. Trey Lance can certainly attest to that, but Jimmy G, Brock Birdie, these guys get nicked up a lot yeah some put it on the offense I think that's ridiculous I think it's just the nature of football but um if there's ever a team where it's like yo you might want to stay ready it's the 49ers (laughs) (laughs) like they're at the top of the list here yeah they they are and I you know what's it's so funny because the lure of the 49ers obviously has always been their quarterbacks right and so going all the way back to the you know the, the the late 80s early 90s you know, those legends that played there and, and, and you know, the lore around the 49ers and their, and their quarterbacks are so big and so huge. And so, you know, to kind of have these unfortunate events happen for mm. these quarterbacks moving forward, it's 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 almost like like you're looking over over your back shoulder trying to prove to the, to, to the 49er faithful that you can get it done. And I think the toughness aspect that comes with that, I think that those guys need to play a little smarter and get rid of the ball sometimes. And I know that's not some of their natures, when you look at the, the quarterbacks that they have there, but I think it's about them playing smarter because the O-line has always been good there, and so you can't really blame it on them. It's, it's, it's more the quarterbacks. It's a crazy stat, too, where you think about last year. In 2022, this is the number of quarterbacks that started all 17 games. Eight. Yeah. Eight yeah. guys. The previous season, 11. Yep. Right? So yep. a lot of injuries, and there might be – some playing time for Trey Lance, even if he isn't the week one starter. So no doubt you got to stay ready at all times. Hey, we're brought to you by progressive insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at progressive.com. All right, coming up next. This might be the most mentally tough player in the entire league. Mm. I'm Brian. No, he's Carrie Rhodes. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer uh, and you may have seen the work that i've done through my foundation and you may know my friend and co-host donnie starkins as well he's a mindfulness teacher a yoga instructor a life coach a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential and we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories catch us every week on comeback stories on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Brian No. He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. Man, Kerry, um, Damar Hamlin, yeah, back with the Buffalo Bills. We all remember what happened last year with cardiac arrest and CPR on the field against the Bengals, and he comes back from all of that. And here he is. He went up against the Colts in the first preseason game for the Bills. He's making plays. He's flying around all over the field. And it's what he said after the game that really stood out to me. This is DeMar Hamlin on his mindset while he's out there on the field now, back from cardiac arrest and the whole fiasco last season. When you step in between the lines, you put yourself at risk by hesitating. I made the choice that I wanted to play. You know, it wasn't nobody else's choices but mine. So making that choice, I know what comes with it. You know what I'm saying? So when you see my cleats laced up with my helmet and shoulder pads on, there ain't going to be no hesitation. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you can't play this game like that. You, you'll put yourself at more risk by hesitating. So, you know, I'm out there. I'm just not thinking twice. I'm just playing my game and playing how I was taught to play since I was my little brother's age. Man, Kerry, mm-hmm. my hat's off to that guy because, yeah, I mean, you can speak to this better than anybody. Playing safety in the NFL, you know exactly right. what DeMar is talking about. But I just think about it like this. Any injury that you have, there's this huge mental hurdle that might be as big or bigger than the physical hurdle Mm -hmm. that you have to get back. Where you're thinking, if it's an ACL, you're thinking, can I stop and start? Can I cut? Can I trust my body? Mm -hmm. And so for DeMar Hamlin, who almost died, right, to trust his body, that's different than an ankle or a knee or a shoulder, you know? And he's out there saying, I'm not hesitating. Because if you do... You're going to screw yourself up that way. 100% the truth. Uh, and it's such a mindset. 
you know, to, to be a professional athlete and a professional football player at that where you literally know, like, when you step on that field, there is a chance that something catastrophic can happen, right? And that's, you know, we, we, we witnessed that last year with, with his situation. In, I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody's watching. It's a Monday night game, and so we're all kind of, you know, have, you know this, this bird's eye view of what's happening in real time and to see him and to know what, what he went through without really knowing what he went through because nobody's really experienced that. It's only been a few people on the field that have had similar situations like that happen. So for him to have the mindset to bounce back, I could see that. I understand it. I know it very well. But to hear it, and I know that I don't want to say I hate saying this word, but for the common fan um, to see it and understand that and kind of jump on board with what, with what he's saying, I'm sure it's hard. But it's just the mentality. And, and, and you know, football players are, are built differently when it comes to that. And if you're not, you won't last. And so him having the chance to do this again and be out there in front of his fans and family and and you know all his friends, and and still do it with the the conviction and the confidence. It's such a it's such a it's such a cool thing to hear and see. Yeah, man, it it didn't take him long at all to ramp back up. This right. is the first preseason game. I know. He's <laughs> <laughs> right back at the same miles per hour he was flying around at last regular season. You know, there was no ramp up period. You just talk about the mental strength. Yeah. To be able to do that. I, I still I can't wrap my mind completely around. He almost died. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if there's ever a reason to hesitate, like, man, the last time I went in for a tackle, that was almost it for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a recipe to hesitate, and he's not. I just don't think we can gloss over how mentally strong you have to be to do that. Yeah, there's no quantifiable way to even describe it, but I think the, like I said, the nature of what we do and what they do now it's it's just different i mean yeah. th- those guys are different animals and i think i think even with everyday life and, and and just the stuff that we go through on this journey of life we have these type of situations happen where we just don't know right and so until you're able to step back into that same situation and kind of jump that hurdle to the to the next thing that's probably inevitably inevitably going to happen to you you'll never know and i think once you get that first contact, you get to go out there and, and go fast and, and be physical and do the things that we've been taught. That's what brings us life, and I think that's what brings him life. Man, Kerry, you just think about the job requirements, you know, yeah. in the NFL yeah. to make it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the job requirement, I think about some of these jobs I'll look at where it's radio, when it's like you yeah. need to have X amount of experience, you yeah. need to not suck, you need to, you know what I mean? Like that kind of, yeah. you know, but for an NFL player, if you're thinking about bullet points as if it's a, you know, it's a, a job at anywhere, any occupation, right. uh, you're a mechanic, you're, um, you know, you're a radio guy, whatever you happen to be, think about the bullet points for DeMar Hamlin. It's like, can't hesitate mm-hmm. after nearly dying <laughs> due to cardiac arrest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Holy cow. But you're right. That's a job requirement. You have to be able to do that. Or that's going to be curtains as far as your NFL career is concerned. It literally is your job ID. Like, that's who you are. Um, and when you're able to step in front of, you know, step in between those lines and, and, and do that, it really is it really is a gift. And I think that should show people that, you know, the, again, the common fan or or the super fan or whoever whoever's out there watching these guys and talking about them, and, and what they want and, and what they're trying to contractually get and all these things and say they don't de- deserve it or, 
you know, downplay, you know, what it is they do and what they're trying to achieve. That should be the eye opener for most people to see. Like this thing is a short lived job. This is something that literally can kill you. And if somebody, if you want to talk about somebody else's money on the outside and what they deserve, it's just not a fair, fair thing to do because those guys lay it out there on the line every day. Man, and there's no doubt Tamar Hamlin loves him some football because this is something else he said after the first preseason game against the Colts. I honestly couldn't imagine not being a part of this mm-hmm. and, you know, choosing the other choice that I had. You know, I, I honestly couldn't imagine it because you get so close, you build so many, like, relationships with these people um, on the team that, like, you know, I, I love this atmosphere. And I, this, honestly, like, there wouldn't, there's no other place I'd rather be. Yeah, man. There it uh, is. Sixth round pick. 2021 <laughs> same draft as Trey Lance you know yeah. think about it. they were just talking about him a little bit ago but same draft class and uh man after a, a crazy scenario to put it lightly where he was on the field and there's CPR and he's yeah. raced off to the hospital and he makes it he pulls through when it was shaky for a little while and he looks at it and says look man there's nowhere else I would rather be I'm happy for him. I'm happy, obviously, that he made it. I'm yeah. happy that he's living. And I'm happy that he can get back to what he did before that whole thing. Because there aren't not everybody could do that. Yeah. And, and I'm proud that he's doing it, and I'm happy for him. Brian, I think it's safe to say we would all have been fine with him going to do something else after sure. this. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the fact that he's able to step into it and, and, and really own, you know, own it and, and, and be present and share uh, his journey along the way for everybody to see and be proud of. It's it's a big thing. Yeah, and I think, too, last thing I'll say about it, Carrie, is I think that you can't look at somebody else's life just through your lens. Right. You know what I mean? Where right. you could look at it and say, man, you really want to go back out there and do that, and that's risky, and that's all fine and good, but guess what? If that's what he wants to do most, he's not a dumb guy. He knows he's taking a risk here, Yes, but that's what he wants to do. That's how he wants to live his life, you know? So who are we to say, dude, why? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) he might not be as happy doing something else. And even if it did go south to the point where it did cost him his life, he knows that and he's willing to take that risk. So I don't think we can completely stand in the way of that. I think it's like, who are you? E- even if it was your your son or, or something like that. Okay, that's right, different. Right. Demar Hamlin's not your son. There, there's one guy <laughs> on the face of the earth where that's the case. You yeah, know, yeah. And it's not us. It's yeah. not you or me. So I don't know why we would act as if that were the case. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think people want to feel heard and seen and share their sentiments, and that's you know that's fine. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's the person who's out there risking it all and being in the fire is the one that gets the final say. All right, coming up next, what is the most selfish thing an athlete can do? Mm. I think I know the answer, but we're going to compare notes. First, though, Monsi Bolaños with us to spin us around the sporting landscape. Monsi, <laughs> what is going on? Oh, you know, hanging out here on a Sunday with some of my faves. It's a good day. It's a good are, day. Are we part of your faves, or are you of talking course. about Bo Benson? Well, I no, just Bo, make sure. Bo is at the top of the list. Nope. That's for okay. sure. No. Nope. There was no hesitation <laughs> nope. right there, Monsi. Bo, goodness. Bo's Gary. my guy. Monsi yeah. and I are best friends now. We because are. Because she brought me a uh, Caleb Williams bobblehead 
from the Dodger game on Thursday that I could not attend. I did. You, so, wow. so your guys' friendship is conditional. That's yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> no. no, that's what you said. No, that's not true. We were always friends because we're big uh, Jimmy Butler fans, but yeah. now we're best friends. Yeah, it. You got see, it. like, I, I leveled up. I got it. Yeah. I leveled got up. It. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so maybe I get extra videos of his adorable daughter, Chloe, from now on. Because I that's get them, guys. That's a right there. You know, we, George Reister is normally in this time slot. He's off this week. And George is taking vacations in Puerto Rico and buying yeah. Rolexes. And yeah. Monsa, you're bri- buying bobbleheads. You oh, know? I'm not buying anything. No, no, no. I, I, I work there, so sometimes I'm able to get my hands oh, on a giveaway uh-huh. or two. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. asked me, like, it's funny because when Bo texted me about this, it was Hello Kitty night. And so I responded, you want Hello Kitty? <laughs> I literally said that. He's like, do I you get bobbleheads? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you want Hello Kitty? You would not believe how many people wanted that Hello Kitty bobblehead. So I thought that's what you wanted when you texted me. And I was like, I don't know if I could get another one of these. And then he's like, no, 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 the other one. I was like, oh, okay, okay. That's easier than Hello Kitty, believe it or not. Guys, week one of the NFL preseason wraps up today. It's it's just preseason, I know. But Derek Carr, you know, he went out there, delivered a touchdown immediately for the Saints, and they ended up beating the Chiefs 26-24. to The game going on right now, it's the Raiders who are beating the 49ers 14-7 to at halftime. It is just week one of the preseason, but still. And news out of Indianapolis because Colts head coach Shane Steichen says that running back Jonathan Taylor is expected to return to training camp this week. Specific date? We don't know. But he's just said this. Oh, my mic is moving. My mic is moving. There we go. There we go. <laughs> my mic just left me. Left me all alone. Free agent pass rush, rusher Jadavian Clowney is meeting today with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He met with the Ravens last week. This is according to ESPN. Now in Major League Baseball, the Mariners have just taken the lead over the Orioles. They were tied. Not anymore. It's 2-1, to one, bottom of the fifth inning. Giants holding on to their lead over the Rangers at home, 1-0. They're about to start the bottom of the seventh inning. The Rogers have taken the Rogers. That's a combination of Rockies and Dodgers. I just want you guys to know what that was. The Rogers. That's literally what that is. I thought but- it was hard knock. No. <laughs> that was a combination of Rockies and Dodgers. Woo. The Dodgers have just taken the lead over the Rockies at home. It's 4-3 and they're about to start the sixth inning. Padres holding on to their lead over the Diamondbacks, 3-2, bottom of the fifth. Earlier today, it was the Pirates who had a 4-2 victory over the Reds. They do have a doubleheader, so this was game one. And the way the Pirates won was rookie Jared Triolo pinch hitting three run shot. Mm. And that's how they win. I mean, uh, unexpected hero coming out of Pittsburgh today. A great comeback for the Marlins and a really tough loss for the Yankees. Miami was down by four runs in the bottom of the ninth inning and came back to beat New York eight to seven. It was Jake Berger who had the walk-off RBI single. The Brewers defeated the White Sox seven to three. The Twins blanked the Phillies three zero. The Nationals also came back from behind to beat the A's eight to seven while the Blue Jays dominated the Cubs 11-4, and the Guardians topped the Rays 9-2. And in WNBA news, I know, I know WNBA, but I gotta tell you this, because the Liberty beat the Fever 100-89, Brianna Stewart had 42 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. She's the first player in WNBA history to have three 40-point games in one season. Mm. You go, girl. Mm-hmm. Back to you guys. Yes. Very nice. Thank you, Mons. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Noe and Carrie Rhodes with you here on Fox Sports Radio. It's funny, my ears perked up when Jadavian Clowney is visiting the Jags. Mm-hmm. And uh, I immediately thought, huh, what does this say about Trayvon Walker? You know, Carrie, you always got to check your your work. You ever have your math teacher say, check your work? Yes. You know, check, check your work. Yes. 
So I, immediately I thought, man, does this say anything about Trayvon Walker? Think about that. He was the number one overall pick last year, and now they're kicking the tires on Jadavian Clowney. But think where Clowney just left. He left the Browns with another number one overall pick right. in Miles Garrett. So it doesn't necessarily mean that Trayvon's not getting it done. Clearly he needs to be more productive. But this is just depth, man. There are a lot of teams. They're trying to get as much pass rush depth as they possibly can. Yeah, that's what it is. It's more of the latter. Uh, you, the more pass rushes you can have on your team, the better. Um, you know, having the guy that can wreck havoc one on one without you know having to have pressures called is is uh, is a is a bonus for any team. And so I, I got. It's, it's funny you said you got perked up when he said Jacksonville. I was getting perked up when they said Baltimore. I mean, you, the more yeah. people, the more people you can add to that defense and, and, and get pressure and help that offense out for the Ravens is also a bonus. So I, I, I want to see what he do. I don't know what happened in Cleveland. It looked like there was some, you know, some animosity there when he left for, for, for Jadavion. And so to see him get a fresh start and hopefully stay healthy somewhere is what I'm looking for. You know what's funny, Kerry, is whenever you hear about the system, yeah, it's almost always offensively. Mm-hmm. When they talk about it, where it's like, oh, Kyle Shanahan's system, mm-hmm. and you can look at running backs or what have you. Um, but defensively, it, it's true also. If you think about the Ravens, that's a great example of a fantastic system. And look, those players make it go. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I swear, Clowney, if he went to the Jags, he'd have like two sacks. Just like he did in Cleveland. <laughs> if he goes to Baltimore, I swear that guy will somehow have seven. That's what I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. How it works out, but he will. That's what I'm saying, Brian. Yeah, I, I it's a hundred percent correct. I mean, the defense. When you talk about systems, that's the same thing. I mean, I remember playing in obviously in one of those systems with Rex Ryan, and you know, you know, having guys yeah. step up and make a lot of plays individually. Yes, that's the case. But I mean, the way those defensive blitzes were designed and the way that it was, you know, really designed to get pressure on quarterbacks and confuse them, it it worked. I mean, we went from the year before being ranked in the twenties, I believe, and one year with Rex, we were the number one defense in the league. And so it it can it, it's definitely based off system a lot of times and it it helps elevate guys. You know what I loved most about Rex Ryan's defenses? Whenever there was an incomplete pass on first down, you know more times than not the run is coming. Yes. And he'd be like, safety blitz. We're not letting <laughs> you run for four yards and setting up third and manageable. Third and ten. Let's see what you can do now. I loved what he, he, was, he was so aggressive doing that. I love that about Rex so much. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we're not giving up anything. We're not conceding anything. We're not giving you, uh, like you said, a manageable third down at all. If we get you in third and long, good luck. Man, so how about this, Kerry? James Harden. There are no more trade talks right now. Harden, he opted into his final year and then said, trade me. Oh, man. And so uh, Daryl Morey tried to make that happen as the grand poobah, you know, Sixers president. Mm -hmm. He tried to move Harden. Harden specifically wanted to go to the Clippers. They had some conversations. It didn't work out. And so now the Sixers have said they've ended trade talks and they're planning to bring Harden back. For this season, they think they can make a run for a championship with Harden and Embiid. Here's the thing, man. If you look at Harden, I don't know if we're going to get fat Harden (laughs) 2.0, but when he was in Houston and he was trying to force his way out, he was on the court and he was dogging it intentionally. Yeah. And God his wish, he eventually forced his way out. First things first, do you think that we're going to see fat slash dogging it Harden Again, 
for the Sixers in this situation? Well, you know what? It reminds me of, you know, two a, a boyfriend and a girlfriend having a tumultuous breakup. And, you know, they, they go a couple of months off. They do do something else. And they see each other again and think it's going to change and be different and be lovely. And in the beginning, it will be. And, you know, things are going everybody's going to be on their best behavior. But at the end of the day, the reason you broke up with somebody in the first place is probably the reason you'll break up again. And so you have Daryl Morey going to Philly. You have James coming to Philly. You bring him in. There's a reunion again. And now James wants out again. And so it kind of reminds me of that situation. Um, for them to be such, you know, you know, so connected and, and, and joined at the hip for them. And that's, you know, being in Houston and, and being in Philly, to have this breakup happen, it seemed inevitable. And, you know, I hope we don't see Fat James. I hope he comes in shape and ready to play and gives himself a chance because it didn't look good in Houston. He was definitely dogging it, and it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty sight. Yeah, that's a great comparison, man. It so is because <laughs> I don't know what it is the second time around where you think, it could work. <laughs> I don't know why you think that, but you do. And then I think both people realize pretty fast, more times than not, oh, that's right. That's the reason. You're crazy. Yeah. That's <laughs> normally how it goes. I-, I would say this. At the top of the selfish list is going out there and dogging it. Yeah. If you compare, which situation was worse? Was it Ben Simmons who forced his way out of Philly by just not showing up? He, mm-hmm. he was essentially AWOL, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or is it James Harden in Houston who won it out and then went out there on the court and just intentionally dogged it? I think it's Harden. I think it's worse to go out there and not give it your all. You're better off not being out there at all. 100%. 100% Harden. I mean, first of all, he's been a leader on that team, right? He's been a, He was a leader his whole time in Houston. And to, to be that selfish and show up and play on the court with those guys and literally, like you said, dog it. I mean, you're not just cheating yourself. You're cheating the team. You're cheating the organization. And you're cheating the guys that obviously are, are, are bleeding and sweating out there trying to yeah. win and, and get on the court. And you're just taking the position out there and dogging it. It's just it's, – it's not cool. And I definitely definitely would not want that guy on my team, to be honest with you. And, you know, I, I think James Harden, James Harden is a great player. So it's not because of that, but just because of the reason you named. Yeah, man. If you're out there and you're not giving it full effort – it's like the play could be drawn up for me, and you're just kind of going through the motions. You're not setting a hard screen. You're setting me up to fail. Exactly. You're messing with my money. You know, <laughs> that's way worse. I think that's the most selfish move is to go out there and just think of yourself, just wanting to force your way out, and you don't care. You don't care about anything else. I'm curious if we're going to see that version of Harden again. But uh, yeah, just stay lose, tuned. Just lose the money. You yeah, got, you got it. Go out, just don't show up. Don't, well, that's don't the thing. Us. If you went out that badly, you didn't have to opt in. Yes. You, you could have been wherever you wanted to go. So it's unfair for Philly if you're making that much money and you're not giving full effort. That's the least you can do. Oh, I feel for Embiid as well. Uh, I mean, yeah, that guy, yeah. such, I mean, obviously MVP player, MVP talent. The, the players that come in, it seems like they all like him and it seems like they have these, these, these great relationships. And, you know, just, you know, especially you see James Harden last year when MB, when MB won the MVP, he's all right. buying them buying yeah. them watches and, and, and really being look, looking like a real stand-up teammate and that guy. And then two months later, you, you want to leave? It's just, yeah, it's just confusing. Right. I know. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like it's, in the, it's in the moment with the beard, I think. But you're right. It doesn't add up. All right, coming up next, Monsi Bolaños. She went to go see Taylor Swift recently. Oh. Carrie? Yeah. 
She had to, you know, she had to charge it and donate a kidney, but she saw Taylor <laughs> Swift. I don't know if that will make an appearance on this week's version of According to Monty, but I'm very fired up nevertheless. We'll get three topics, three strong stances from Monty coming up. It is Fox Sports Radio with Brian No and Kerry Rhodes. Hang with us here. I'm Brian No. He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. Man, when it's Taylor Swift, I just think it's it's time to hear from Monty. Let's dive right into this. <laughs> Great. And now it's time for absolutely not. It's not gonna be pretty. According to Monty, I love it. All right, according to Monty. MLB needs to do something about the ball strike system because it sucks. Yo, it sucks, man. Okay, so a couple of games ago, we saw Aaron Boone, manager of the Yankees, got ejected. He went out there because he was so mad about the calls. Today, today, Alec Bohm of the Phillies was ejected. So, Phillies lost to the Twins 3-0. In the seventh inning, bases loaded, full count, Bohm is called for a strike. That is not a strike. The inning ends. At this point, Philly was only down by two. So if they would have walked Bohm as it should have been, Philly scores a run. And guess who was on deck? Bryce Harper mm. with the bases loaded. Mm. Guys, I know a lot of people don't want robot umpires. We don't want to open that door, right, and let technology take over the game. I understand that. But baseball, what I think they should do is allow the hitter and the managers maybe to challenge the call. Maybe give them like two or three challenges in the game where it's like in lifetime, we can see it on the Jumbotron right away. Were you right or were you wrong? It won't extend the game that much longer. And in this moment, it would have been, oh, man, my bad. You're right. And then Alec Bohm gets to walk, and the Phillies maybe end up winning the game. Yeah. It really determines too much when an umpire makes a bad call like this. I and, like it. If it's like tennis, Monsi, yes, where it's yes. in, out, and it's quick like that, yes. the umpire just has an earpiece, I'm all for it. That's exactly what I, I'm thinking, like I thought, tennis. I thought Monsi was going to say the hitter should attack the umpire with the bat. According no. to Monsi. Obviously, that is also what I think. Yeah, I think that's a good idea, Bo. I think that's the one I would take. You can do that. Sure, yeah. <laughs> According to Monty. According to Monty, James Harden needs to change his tune real quick. Real quick. I don't know who's friends with James Harden, but they've got to tell their boy that he's losing this fight. Mm. He's losing it against Daryl Morey and the 76ers. And if he doesn't change his act quickly, we might see him out of the league really soon. It's hard to feel sympathy for this guy because he thinks he's still in his prime. He's not. He doesn't really seem to care about the offseason. He doesn't take it seriously and he's still making over $30 million a year. It's the same story different day for Harden except this time finally somebody is saying, guess what? You're not invincible. Yeah, Sit down. I, yeah, I think the James Harden thing is sad. It's I mean, bad. It's, uh, it's bad it's and bad. sad. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's, yes. not, he's not a guy. He's not the same guy. No. And Sit it's down. Like, sit down. Be a teammate. Yes. Yeah. And if not, adios. Adios, muchacho. Yes. According to Monsi. <laughs> All right. Uh, according to Monsi, Disney has really dropped the ball with their remake of Snow White. Yeah, man. Call it something else. Because let me tell you what it isn't. Snow White. It is not Snow White. And this has nothing to do with the actress that looks a little Latina. Hey, I'm all about a Latina princess. Make her own story. Yes. Make your own story because everything they're saying is like, oh, there's no Prince Charming. She's stronger than that. Listen, you know what? Some of us still want a Prince Charming. I don't understand why take away from this 
cartoon movie that came out in 1937 and you want to make it something that it isn't, then don't call it Snow White. Why are you doing this, Disney? I absolutely hate it. Little Mermaid, great. Snow White, absolutely not. Yeah. Give me a real Latina princess with her own storyline. Not this. The worst part is that they're going back and they're actually destroying the original Snow White. It's dis- so you can no never reason. watch it again. You can only watch the live action one they're making. And for really? what? No, I'm not. No, oh. it's not. No. <laughs> but psychologically, yeah. And it's like, why? Why are you doing? And then all like the press conference and all the interviews that they're doing with the actress, it's like, do you even like Snow White, girl? It sounds like you have a disdain for this story. Why oh. are you doing this? Ruining a movie that, again, make your own movie. Call it something else. Just watch Encanto. And, and, and Encanto, and she's <laughs> not a princess. That, she's Latina, not a princess. Give me a real Latina princess. Come on. I love it. Very well done, Monty, as always. Coming up next, is this a bad sign of things to come? Has anything in the preseason so far caused you to think any differently? We will dive into that. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Brian Noah and Kerry Rhodes with you here on Fox Sports Radio. Kerry, the preseason action so far. Mm-hmm. This is the first week for everybody. Of course, the Hall of Fame game, we had the Jets and the Bron- and the uh, Browns. And I didn't win that bet, by the way, <laughs> for scoring at home. <laughs> we'll circle back to preseason betting in a second, but I'll stay on course for right now, Kerry. Has anything that's occurred caused you to think any differently about a player, about a team, when the games start counting for real? Anything for you? Not really. I mean, yeah. the, pre- the preseason is one of those things where obviously you're trying to fine tune. You're trying to find gems. Uh, you're trying to find guys, you know, who are on the fringe that have a chance to help your team moving forward. That's really what it comes down to. I've seen teams go undefeated in the preseason and be terrible um, during the regular season. I've seen teams, you know, do the opposite. So it's you really don't learn much. The one thing that I have learned, obviously, being uh, a Jet myself, is just how good that defense is going to be. And I mm-hmm. think. You know, you see those individual pass rushers, what we talked about earlier with Jadavion and having guys like that who can come on and, and make plays without the system. Seems like the Jets have a lot of those guys on the defensive line that is going gonna, gonna to cause a lot of havoc for teams. And so, obviously, I, play, I pay close attention to those guys more than most. But, uh, yeah, I mean, right now it's just you're trying to get out the preseason healthy. You're trying to obviously fine-tune, but, you know, not much, not much on the radar for me right now. Man, you might have some grinder games initially for the Jets because I'm with you. Their defense is legit. You've got Quinn and Williams as a defensive lineman and Sauce Gardner on the back end, and you've got some playmakers there. And then you couple that with Robert Sala, who obviously had a lot of success with the Niners as their defensive coordinator. They really have something there. And I don't know that that offense is going to be firing on all cylinders right out of the gate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. that offensive line is a little shaky. We're talking <laughs> pro football focus 23rd. That's not what Aaron Rodgers is used to. He right. normally has a top half or a top 10 offensive line. That's what he's enjoyed for the better part of his career with Green Bay. So there might be some growing pains. You might have, I'm not saying, you know, like 13 to 6, <laughs> but <laughs> for 2023, the equivalent of that score, you might have some grinders early on. Do you see that coming? You know what? I. Yes, I do. I think early on they may have a little issue with that, but I, 
I don't know if it'll last, you know, past four games or anything like that. Because I, I, literally, literally, the Jets' first four games are, are 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 really tough. And so, if if the grinders happen, it will happen more partly because of the teams they're playing. I don't think it'll be because. Aaron won't be able to score. I mean, they have so much talent over there. Obviously, the line is huge, and you know they're trying to figure out that 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 tackle position. And right now, Makai is getting a lot of the uh, a lot of the attention um, because he's you know number one draft pick and the guy that they counted on to to get that position. But again, we talked about injuries earlier as well, and he's f- kind of fallen victim to that. And so he played a lot the other last night, and he he played really well, and mm-hmm. it was a positive. So we'll see. I think moving forward, they'll be fine. Man, if if he was the real deal, you know, Makai Becton, yeah. and they they used a high pick on the guy. Yeah. You know, if he lived up to his draft status and Makai Becton is playing like a, 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 a an 11th overall pick, right. shout out to your alma mater, huh? <laughs> Louisville, I know you're watching some Makai Becton closely over there. Exactly. I mean, you know what? It's, it's crazy, Brian. We had, we had so much talent come out of Louisville, and, and, and having those guys – Obviously, have a chance to succeed. I always want to see it happen. He's a really good guy as well. And so we talked about the injuries earlier. The injury bug is very deadly for a lot of guys. And so he's fought his way back. He's lost a lot of weight. He's put himself in a position to succeed. So hopefully he can get it, get through it and, and kind of break that ceiling and, and, and really play well. Man, and you think about, you mentioned it, Kerry, these first four games for the Jets. Yeah. And think about the pass rush heat that they can put on Opposing quarterbacks, you've got the Bills. That's the opener. Yep. Can't wait to see what Von Miller looks like. Yeah, right. You got at the Cowboys. Micah Parsons arguably is the best defensive player in football. Right. It's on the short list with Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa. Right. right? He's right. Miles Garrett. He's one of the elite guys. Then you host the Patriots. It's just more of a collective approach defensively. But that's a tough defense. And the Chiefs. I mean, you think about Chris Jones, one of the best defensive tackles in all of football. Yeah. Those are the first four games. And then, oh, by the way, you're at the Broncos and then host the Eagles. <laughs> but there's not a, a defensive layup anywhere there right. for the Jets' right. first six games. Right. And that's what I was saying. Like, I, I, I mean, obviously, they have to get better and shore up their, their line. But it won't be due to, you know, getting ready to play and being ready to play. It's going to be those other teams having – a little bit of a say-so there. So we'll see. I, I, I really think that Salah will have those guys ready to play. I think the game plan will be ready as well. He's a really good uh, tac- tactician guy, at, I mean, from what I've seen so far. And so they'll be ready to play. And, and you know, they can. I think they can d- diversify their offense. It's not just a Aaron Rodgers thing or trying to throw the ball deep or it's not all predicated around it. I think they'll have a, a really good chance to, to be successful. How about the rookie quarterbacks? So we saw them all in action. All three of the top guys started. Mm-hmm. We saw Bryce Young against the Jets. We saw C.J. Stroud not look too great against the Patriots. And then also Anthony Richardson, the Colts quarterback, he went up against the Bills. What do you think as we get closer to week one about the potential for all three of them to start? Do you think that would make sense? Because I don't, but yeah. I want to know what you think first. Yeah, the only reason, the only way that will make sense is if, if the offense is predicated around them and not the system. So we talk about the system a lot of times, and you know, a lot of NFL guys and NFL coaches being, you know, very stuck and stubborn on 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 the ways they've done things in the past. If they have good guys and coordinators who, you know, you know, kind of fall in line with the talent that they have or the things that those young guys can do, it can be successful. But it's always it's always a risk. You get a guy out there and, and he starts getting hit hit too much and becomes gun you know gun shy and 
and start getting having those problems to, to kind of arise as the season goes by, then you can really break a guy. But if you let a guy go out there and learn and have the bumps in the road and, and really do things predicated off their skill sets, then then there's a chance. But the, the guy that I see the most ready and probably in the best situation would be Bryce Young. I think he has a chance to, to be really to, to be really good and, and 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 a great leader coming in right away. And and I know from the Jets being there and having joint practices with the guy with those guys, it was a lot of a lot of positives coming coming out about Bryce Young. Yeah, listen man, Bryce Young, he's like a computer in terms of processing speed. He he processes the game very very quickly. Mm-hmm. I like that at Alabama last year, he didn't have just top-end ballers at wide receiver, and he still was productive. Right. His leading receiver was a running back in Jameer Gibbs. You know, So I wow. I think going from – sometimes college – C.J. Stroud's a great example. He was surrounded by a who's-who supporting cast. Yes. And now you're with the Texans. Not quite a who's-who. It's like who? He's <laughs> surrounded by a who right, cast right, right now. That's a lot different. That wasn't the case – for Bryce Young. So I think being pro-ready, we hear this all the time, being quote-unquote pro-ready, it's not just what the quarterback brings to the table, it's also what the supporting cast brings to the table. And I think that the the comparison between Bama last season and Carolina this season, just in terms of supporting cast for Bryce Young, I don't think it's night and day. It is night and day for, yeah. for C.J. Stroud. Yeah. And so that's why I think it makes sense to start Bryce Young right away. Mm-hmm. But as far as C.J. Stroud, and in particular, Anthony Richardson yeah. with the Colts, he didn't even have 400 passing attempts in his college career, Kerry. Yeah. So I don't know what the rush is. I think it makes more sense to just get him on the field at times. Maybe you have a, a special package of plays. Yeah. Maybe he's your red zone, goal line guy. Just get him out there in bits and pieces. Let him get his feet wet. Let him feel the speed. Let him adjust like that. I think that makes more sense than throwing him to the Wolves in week one. I think that makes more sense for the player, but I think what makes more sense for the Colts right now is to have him play. And, and I say that because right now everybody's down on the Colts. I don't think anybody believes they're going to have a, a team worth, you know, have a team that's going to really compete, right? So you want to keep give the fan base some type of excitement. You want to give the fan base some type of hope. So to come in and see the number one pick go out there and play and, you know, if, if all the – chatter is true he's been electrifying he's obviously we've seen him run and, and make plays in college but they're saying the same things about him right now in in Colts practice and so give him a chance to go out there and and uh get some seat uh some butts in the seats and I think that's probably the the thinking for the Colts right now how about this if we fast forward to week two Colts at the Texans mm-hmm. do you think both rookies will start in that game <sighs> I think that, so. I think yeah, so. I they really, might. I really do. I really do. I, I, I mean, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just think Richardson. He's gonna. He's gonna give those guys a chance to to really find some energy and some juice, and it's gonna be exciting. I think both of those guys will be good pros uh, after it's all said and done. Um, I. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brian. Come on. What do you think? What you got? I. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be a bust. Wow. And I'm not rooting for this. I'm not rooting for it. But, Kerry, especially his first year, yeah, maybe his first couple of seasons, I still can't get over the fact that he's coming from such crazy talent in supporting cast with Ohio State to, man, the cupboard is bare in comparison. Now, I'm not telling you John Mechie can't play. Maybe Tank Dell can play. 
but it's not what he had. You just look at his 2021 season. This is what C.J. Stroud had. Chris Olave, yep. who was the 10th overall pick with the Saints. Garrett Wilson, 11th overall pick with the Jets. <laughs> By the way, was the offensive rookie of the year. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba, who in this past draft was the 20th overall pick with the Seahawks. And then last year at Ohio State, he had Marvin Harrison Jr. Might be a top three pick. Yep. And Emeka Abuka, who's probably going to be a first-round pick also. He could easily have five first-round wide receivers at Ohio State. That's just wide receiver. Paris Johnson Jr., his offensive tackle, he was the sixth overall pick. So you start adding this up, what would the Texans need to replicate the talent? Well, they'd need the number three overall pick. They'd need the sixth overall pick. They'd mm-hmm. need the 10th overall pick. They'd need the 11th overall pick. They'd need the 20th overall pick. Like, that's insane. And throw Jerry Rice and Randy Moss on top of that, too. Yeah, right. In that, <laughs> in that case, Brian. But, yeah, I know. Obviously, when you get talent like that at Ohio State, it, it's, it's definitely easy. It's definitely easier. You still got to go out there and, and, and make the plays and, and show up. So, I mean, I won't put it past his own talent as well. I mean, obviously having the guys around is, is a plus, but – you gotta, he's, he's got to go out there and play and make the plays, and he did that. And so give him a chance and give him an opportunity to go out there and prove it on this level. I, I agree with you. It's going to be, for him, the toughest, toughest road. But I'm not going to say he's going to be a bust yet. I think he has a chance to be okay. He's a talented guy, too. Uh, you listen, man, with C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, yeah. Anthony, too. Yeah. Like, the crazy stat with him, you go back over the last 21 years – uh, he has the fewest amount of starts, 13 in college. Yeah. He's tied with Mitch Trubisky. Uh-oh. And it's like, you know, this this thing called experience is helpful. It is. And I, I'm not saying there's no chance, no how, because he's got a lot to work with. But, man, when you're talking about getting those reps that you didn't have in college in the NFL, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> that's not a smooth transition. And then all the Jonathan Taylor you know, soap opera stuff. Yeah. Is he going to be back there? Because if you've got JT back there, that's a big deal in the RPO game. And mm-hmm. so I don't know, man. Early on, I think that you got to have a lot of patience with both. Yes. And I think that you got to weather the first year storm because it's a completely different situation for CJ Stroud with the lack of talent he enjoys now compared to college. Right. And with Anthony Richardson getting those reps that he didn't get in college in the NFL. I think you got to have a lot of patience with those guys. You got to have patience, but we can take it back to to that uh, to that Colts organization and getting this uh, getting the guy named Peyton Manning in there, right? Yeah. The guy that came in, all the hype, um, had the experience, and he still stunk it up year one. So yeah. they were patient with him. You got to be patient with Anthony Richardson and all these young guys. I mean, these guys aren't going to come in and and blow the league blow yeah. the doors off the league. That's just not, that just doesn't happen most in most situations. So be patient, give them a chance and see what they got. And hopefully they're in a situation where they do get that time. Yeah. And I wonder how long does it take if it's not right away? Yeah. You know what I mean? Where Trevor Lawrence, good example. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of reps, mm-hmm. a lot of passing attempts at Clemson. He didn't crush it in year one. Nope. And as much as everybody wants to put that solely on Urban Meyer, <laughs> it's a large portion on Herb, but I wouldn't put 100% on him. This is typically what happens with rookie quarterbacks. They don't hit the ground running. But last year was way better, leaps and bounds better. But for a guy like Anthony Richardson, is if year one is rocky, yep. Does he take a huge step forward in year two? 
Or is he still behind because he didn't get those reps in college, right? Like, that's far in the future, but being patient, it might not just be you got to be patient through year one. It, it yeah, might yeah. be through a good part of year two with the lack of reps he's had. Yeah, they. I mean, when you invest in a guy like that so high, you have to give him the time. And obviously, fans, and I think expectations on the outside is if he's that guy, then he should show up and be that guy ready to go from day one. It's just, like I said, it just doesn't happen that way. Even with Lamar Jackson, right, he came in. He wasn't highly touted, I guess, as these guys are at the moment. But he came in year one, sat a little bit, but came in and they predicated the offense off of his skill set. And so he was able to have some success. And then you start to move the needle towards this guy being able to be confident and go out and do things and, and grow and expand on their passing game and expand on what the, he can do or what they can do moving forward. But again, it comes down to the coaches being flexible and giving these guys a chance to succeed off the things they do well. No doubt. Hey, our second grand winner will be drawn today to win a set of four brand new tires in the summer of Tire Rack sweepstakes. Mm. The winner, Carrie, is going to receive a set of four tires plus installation, taxes, and fees. That's valued at up to 1500 bucks. Can, huh? can I throw my hat? My, you're not my allowed. Hat? No, you oh, work okay, for cool, us. Cool, you're not allowed. Okay, got it. Okay. <laughs> Just do it by burner. Do it, do it via burner. Uh, enter now at foxsportsradio.com. It's free to register. You also get bonus entries into the sweepstakes by following Fox Sports Radio on social media and by following the Fox Sports Radio channel in the iHeart app. Make sure you do that. To enter and get rules, visit foxsportsradio.com. Sponsored by TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. All right, coming up next, Adam Kaplan. FSR NFL insider making his training camp tours over here. Multiple places he's visited. His takeaways. We'll get that next. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes. This is Fox Sports Radio. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Brian No. 
He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. I want to welcome in Adam Kaplan, FSR NFL insider, joining us here on FSR. Adam, uh, good afternoon slash evening, man. How are the uh, training camp tours doing for you? I want to know the the best setup, the worst setup, what you like, just hmm. how it's arranged. What would you say as far as that goes? Well, I'll tell you what, the best ever, and nothing will ever touch it, is was the Raiders in Napa, California. Just incredible. Mm. Uh, went there since 05, and they the last year they had it was 2019. They were going to have it, although they had moved at the pandemic year uh, in in uh, Napa to be the last year, but unfortunately they couldn't. But that's the best. That was the best one I've ever been to. Now, what are the good ones? I like. I'll see the Ravens hosting the Commanders on Tuesday. The Ravens, I like this in Owings Mills, uh, Maryland. I, I like it. I'm not too far from Baltimore. Uh, you know the best ones. Yeah, I would say that one is good. The Vi- the Vikings is incredible. It's like a college campus. From what I've been told mm. from personnel people, it's kind of like University of Alabama, that, that nice. I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's kind of like, in fact, they're building there. They're going to have hotels there and, and so forth. I, I really like that. Uh, I, I, I like the Rams at UC Irvine, I have to, have to tell you. And right, this will be the last year they're... they're the, I know the Chargers are moving to their own, their own practice facility, which is being built. It'll be available until late next spring. And I don't know how much longer the Rams are going to be at UC Irvine, but unfortunately, the, the Chargers having their own facility, practice facility, and they're, they're going to all camp there, I was told. So uh, that means that they, they won't have the, the camps 15 minutes from each other, which, which is very convenient, obviously. So now I'm, I'm, I'm not going to see the Jaguars in Jacksonville. They have their, their new facility that open. I'll see them this week in Detroit when they join practices with the Lions. Adam, I know you were just at the uh, the New York Jets and the the Panthers joint yes. practice, and uh, I was hearing so many good things about CJ, I'm not not CJ, but Bryce Young, and and how he looked out there against against the Jets defense, and um, you know that team, and really relying on him to come out and step out and be ready to go week one. Tell me about the experience with those guys. Yeah, so this was at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and. So I was there for two days. The second day, the practices were canceled due to rain. But I could tell you from talking to the Panthers that nothing been, has been too big for Bryce Young. They already hand him the starting job. Mm-hmm. In practice, he doesn't make mistakes twice. He's really good at that. Yeah, he'll throw an occasional pick. But as one person said to me, hey, do it now. Don't do it in the game. Learn from it. You get the tape. You go over the next day, as you know, as a, as a player. You just make your corrections. Now, they've got a good group of pass targets. I would be a little concerned with the age of Adam Thielen. Uh, Hayden Hurst, who's their tight end, who's 30 years old. You, you get concerned as these guys get older. DJ Chark is very talented, but he's had an injury history. But they've got a deep group. Um, they're very happy with Young. He's handled everything so far. I, you can't read into much in the game yesterday. He only played two series. Right. Uh, they didn't score, but uh, again, it's the preseason. I don't really read into that much. Uh, so the bottom line is, and, and this is really from the start of the GM Scott Fritter's career there. This is his third year. The good GMs understand it always starts up front. Their offensive line was pitiful when, when this group got there. It's now a top like, 12, 13 offensive line. It's, it's better than average. The only issue they have there is right guard, Austin Corbett. The right guard's coming back from a torn ACL. But other than that, they've addressed that. Uh, their secondary is one of the best in football. They're super deep there. In fact, I, Jeremy Chin, who you don't start anymore, who was incredible as a rookie, you know, they're going to use him as a big nickel safety. They're, they have like five legitimate safeties, so that's a team. That's a team that's got a lot of excess there, and this is a good roster. I, I, this group has done a nice job, and then the Jets, of course, 
They have one of the best Rodgers in football, and it was for the. I, I had not, I'd never been at Green Bay, so this is the first time I'd seen Aaron Rodgers practice. It was pretty cool. Hmm. What's the what does it feel like when you're watching the Jets in terms of do you sense that they could have big success this year? What's your sense as far as that goes? Yeah, and Brian, they're expecting it. They're not going to say, "Oh yeah, we're going to be you know thirteen and four. But I would go back to talking to them in their offseason program. There's this sense when you're around a three-time MVP, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. There's just something that he brings into your building, and he, he he's connected incredibly well with the coaches he didn't know, to members of their front office. Uh, he is he 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 has like one-on-one meetings. I don't know where he does this with the players. In fact, here's a here's a good note on one of my reports for Pro Football Network. So I had a, I had a really cool note that he went over to Zach Wilson in their OTAs and said, "Hey Zach, come over here." So what it was is there. I think they're running like their four-minute drill. He said, "I want you to hear the way that I call us in the huddle." Like, that's really cool. Like, I'm not going to criticize Brett Favre here, but I don't know if Favre ever did that for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but Aaron has come a long way here with his relationships and his connections, and that's really, really important when you're trying to build something special. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I mean, seeing from afar, obviously, seeing how he's taking control and, and really, you know, taking Zach Wilson under his under his wing. and, yep. and I mean, they showed a play of him doing a, a bootleg and throwing the touchdown in the, in the corner there, and it looks just like Aaron Rodgers. It's crazy. But um, I know you have two two more teams, uh, two more stops this week that you're going to see. You got the Browns and the Eagles tomorrow and Tuesday, and you have the Commanders and Ravens as well. Which one of those two are you looking forward to getting to the most? You know, it's interesting. And I also have uh, what's the, oh, I have the, uh, to be honest with you, Carrie, the one that I I'm really looking forward to is Wednesday. I'll be Wednesday, Thursday. I I'm at, I'm Detroit. I haven't been there in like 15 years. Mm. They're mm. hosting the Jaguars. You know, this is the biggest week of these joint practices. I think they're like uh, 16 teams work with each other this week. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to kind of, it was kind of hard. You know, the, 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 you know, unfortunately, I have them all the same week. So, uh, I, I, but the things I want to see, because I, I talked to someone with the Ravens recently. So Todd Monken, their offense coordinator of the Ravens, yep. Curry, he has brought, like, this offense completely different from Greg Roman's run-based offense. In fact, I saw this. This is interesting. So Monken said that, he took the uh, the sleeve away from from Jackson. He doesn't have the place on his sleeve anymore. Yeah, on his armband. So because the way it's uh, someone with the Ravens told me he, he's going to call a lot at the line. He's not done this before. So yeah. I, I I know it's only one day. It'll be there. But he's the, he's he's he got his contract done. So he's running the offense. And I want to see how this works. OBJ and this is this is going to be different. I've been their camp since uh, gosh two thousand and two when I first started covering the league and doing a tra- training camp tour. You know they've been so run-based, Curry, for for decades. I'm not saying they're not they'll run the book, football. Look, they're you know this is what John Harbor wants, but it's going to look different. I look forward to seeing how different it's going to be. He's Adam Kaplan, FSR NFL Insider. How about the week that was with the Washington Commanders, right? Where Ron Rivera volunteers like hey, I got these players that are complaining about Eric Bieniemy's intensity. And then says, yeah, but he hasn't been a head coach. He doesn't really know how to adjust. And then the next day is like, you guys are making a big deal out of this. <laughs> what was your takeaway with that whole fiasco? You know, I've, I don't know Banning personally, but I've talked to coaches who've worked with him. He's brings a ton of energy. He's very hard. It's the term, as Curry could relate to this, He's, he, he coaches hard. That what Hard coaching is you're on your players. You demand that they do the right thing. He's going to get on you. You're going to get yelled at. But you, you've seen. You, Tyreek Hill did it. Jamal Charles, you've seen players come to the defense because they want to be coached. Players will tell you, 
look, they don't love being yelled at, but they want to do better because they want to get paid. And if this coach can make me better, why would you not take it? Yeah, it's, it's – by the way, my understanding is they've never had anyone coach them like this before with, with the commanders. So it's, a sh- it's kind of culture shock. That's okay. I mean, that's, that's just different. Uh, I, I, the, the, the cool thing here is he's calling plays for the first time in his career. He's bringing his own version of Andy Reid's offense in. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna see, it's going to look different. I, again, you, you, know, you asked me the question about you know, what I look forward to seeing. I'm, I'm going to see two offenses change. They just happen to be practicing with each other, the Ravens and the Commanders. Yeah, I think you're you're right, Adam. I, I know in my plan days, I the coaches that I, the coaches that I respect. Yeah, the give most. us some of your coaches, man. Yeah. Who, who are some of the, who are some of your DBs coaches? Man, DB coaches. Corwin Brown was my first. Ah, deep, former Jets DB. I remember him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he yeah. was my he was my DB coach in in yeah. uh, in New York, and I remember coming in, and I had a confrontation with him early Ooh. on. It was because. How so? He was very. He, they were looking for me to start right away, right? So obviously, I came in with that kind of. You know, I had a, an element of being being ready and being vocal and doing all the things that I needed to do to be the starter, which I had done previously in college, easy. But stepping into a room with these other grown men and guys that I respected, it was a little bit harder for me to speak up and 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 take uh, that role. So okay. I remember one meeting. It was a defensive meeting in training camp. He made everybody be quiet in the meeting, and it was just me having to make all the calls. And mm. I felt I felt picked on, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is too much." I literally stood up in the meeting, and was like, "Okay, you're picking on me, and I'm not going to take." Oh wow! Did yeah, you, did you really? Oh, yeah, yeah, right wow. away. As, as a rookie, and I was wow. like, "As a rookie, Holy as a rookie," and I think that was the turning point, though. It was it wow. showed them that I was ready. I could step up in front of everybody and speak it. But my that's awesome. One of my favorite coaches of all time. So, oh, Corin Brown. Yeah, people forget he was actually a. a it's, was he a safety? I think. Yeah. Corin, yeah. DB. Yeah. Uh, who who um who are your head coaches? Head coaches. I had Herm Edwards to start. Yeah. I had Mangini. I oh. had Rex Ryan. I had Wizen Hunt. Uh, Katie. So, okay. Yeah. So those guys in, in three in defensive the, guys. Okay. Yes. So those guys in the pros and in college, I had Petrino, which you know oh, he, had, he has his stuff, <laughs> which you know. <laughs> no, that was yeah. I shouldn't ask. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man, that's good. By the way, Adam, you talked yeah. about Bryce Young. It looks like he's going to be the Week One starter. Oh, he's they, they he's taken all ones. No, he's he's the guy. What do you yeah. think about the next two QBs? Do you think C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson both yeah. start in Week One? Yeah, mm-hmm. look, here's the is Stroud for sure. Uh, Richardson, here's the way I, I, I frame it. He'll start a minimum of, if he's healthy, 12 games. Mm-hmm. I, I, my, I felt all along, and I know, talking to someone close to Gardner Minshew, one of the reasons why Minshew s- signed to be the backup for the Colts is he felt like he'd, he'd get some starts in. Because Richardson only started one year in college, one full year. And look, it's, he's got a learning curve. He's got a major learning curve. Now, the good thing is he's got really good coaching, with Shane Steichen and Coach J- Jalen Hurts and Jim Bob Cooter, who was also with the Eagles previously, uh, also Coach Matthew Stafford and other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He's in pretty good hands there, and this, re- this really means a lot. And by the way, with, with the Panthers, this is the most senior offensive staff I've ever seen. Frank Reich, obviously, was in his early 60s. Jim Caldwell, who's got to be in his late 60s. Let me see. Dom Capers, who's a def- senior defensive assistant or consultant, I think he's got to be in his 70s. Josh McCown, who's now he's a quarterbacks coach, he's really good. They've got a lot of older coaches on that staff. This is one of the most well put together staffs, the Panthers that I've seen. Got to give their front office credit, and obviously Frank Reich and people put the staff together. And this is the way you do it around a young quarterback. I think they've done a really nice job of doing that. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the Bryce Young situation is really, really positive, and I think mm-hmm. the coaching around him will give him a chance to succeed. So I'm, I'm excited about that as well. But I know we got to talk about your Eagles and, and, and sure. what, what's going on there. And uh, have they had any championship hangover? You know, that's scary. It's so funny because Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, was actually asked that. He said they did research on it. He didn't want to he didn't want, he did say look I'm not going to give you everything we found out but he goes obviously injuries is a part of it what he didn't talk about is free agent losses that's major yep. coaching losses so the Eagles have lost five starters two on offense five on defense six coaches both coordinators who became head coaches that that and Dallas by the way I was with them last week Dallas's roster is better than it was last season that's real. That's significant. It's going to be. It's going to be neck and neck between Philly and Dallas. I think it's going to be very close. Yep. It's be, I, I pick into. I have to submit my pit, my divisional picks you know, at the end of the month. I got to think that one over, and I'll be with the Eagles again tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. And then Clay, to tell you what, Cleveland. By the way, if you, any Browns fans are listening, their roster is much better. They they were very aggressive in this offseason. I'm looking forward to seeing the Browns this week. I can just feel the football devil on your left shoulder when you're thinking about taking the Cowboys? Like, don't do it. What the I know. Grogan Philly, man. I yeah. know. I'm not a fan of any team, but it's kind of weird. And Yeah, it is weird. And I, I got to uh, – their setup's interesting, by the way, in Oxnard. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, and then they have, they, they have this new riser for the, uh, at, at the 50-yard line at, uh, on practice for the, for the season ticket holders who pay for it. But they let the media stand up there, so it's kind of cool to look over the field. Well, hey, Cap. Yep. Go ahead, Kerry. No, you got go ahead, Brian. You got it. Yeah. Hey, Cap, we were just going to say, man, thanks for your time uh, yep. this afternoon. See you next evening. week. Yeah, yep. sounds good, Cap. Enjoy training right, camp, buddy. Thanks. There he is. See you. Adam Kaplan, FSR NFL insider. We got to get our girl in here. We got to pass the Come baton. On, you talk about the 4 by 100 meter relay. You go straight from Cap. Perfect relay to Monsi Bolaños. No, no, no. You don't, you don't want me to be in a relay race. I'm not very fast. I can run a long time. You don't need time. to be. You I don't need to be. can't run fast. We're ahead we, by so much just, right now. You don't even need to be fast. We just need you to show up, Monsi. Okay, okay. I, yeah. I can do that. I can do that, guys. All right. Week one of the NFL preseason is wrapping up. And as always, unfortunately, injuries happen. So Eagles linebacker Sean Bradley announced on social media today that he's going to miss the remainder of the season after tearing his Achilles in Saturday's preseason opener against the Baltimore Ravens. Saints rookie running back Kendra Miller left today's preseason game against the Chiefs with a knee injury. He's going to undergo further testing, but that injury is to his right knee, which is the same knee that Miller injured in the Fiesta Bowl this past December. So it's not looking great. Right now, the Raiders are beating the 49ers 34-7 halfway through the fourth quarter. The final round at the FedEx St. Jude Championship continues. Patrick Cantlay has taken the lead over Lucas Glover. He is 15 under par. Glover is just one shot back. In Major League Baseball, Patrick Bailey just walked it off for the Giants with a two-run homer in the 10th inning. They beat the Rangers 3-2. The Orioles and the Mariners are tied at two apiece. Top of the ninth inning, Dodgers still beating the Rockies 8-3. Bottom of the eighth inning in LA, the Padres and the Diamondbacks are tied at four apiece. Bottom of the eighth inning, and the Reds just tied the game against the Pirates in game two of their doubleheader. It's 2-2, top of the second inning. Back to you guys. Great stuff, Monty. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, though, Kerry Rhodes with you here. You know, I'm watching, Kerry, this Niners-Raiders game, mm-hmm. and uh, it was hysterical, man. It's I believe the score is 34-7. to <laughs> It is. <laughs> right? Raiders have this huge lead. And so there's this wide receiver for the Niners. He made the sideline catch. Tay Martin out of Oklahoma State. Okay? 
And so he catches the ball, and he did the NBA thing where you go like too short or you too small. Yeah. You kind of put your hand down to the floor like you're yep. too small to guard me. And Josh McDaniels challenged it. He's like, yeah, his foot was out of bounds. <laughs> it's a 34-7 to game. <laughs> and he challenged it after the, the two. Do you go too short or too small? Which do you think is the better description? Of yeah, that? I think it's too small. But yeah. al- but also with, with with McDaniels doing that, he's, he's got to get his coaching, you know, his challenges and all that in, in the flow as well. So preseason counts and you got to do it. <laughs> He challenged it in a 34-7 ball game. That is beautiful right there. All right, we got to get to the brass testicles that you have there, Kerry Rhodes, Uh as a rookie saying, don't pick on me. That is right. (laughs) We got to get to that. And then also, who doesn't love a crazy prediction or two? That's on the way as well. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, Kerry, you ever see the movie Snatch with Brad Pitt and company? This music sounds exactly like that. that I have movie. not, and I, I think I'm glad I missed that one because this no, isn't my favorite. That's not your thing. It, it, it isn't, Brian. It, it, it's a little bit like I would probably turn the channel when I hear that without even seeing who's in it. Yeah, that's probably that's how it sounds to me. I just see in my head Boris the Bullet Dodger, and it's like the, the opening scene and credits and all that. See, Brian. You know, we have so much in common. I, I, I love doing the show with you. But with that one, you lost me with that one. And that's yeah. and that's that sucks because I know you got great musical taste, too. Hey, man, it's our guy, Chris Perfet, Perfet <laughs> on the ones and twos. Why, they never that? played the Prodigy out there? <laughs> it was that Prodigy, Chris? Yeah, Breathe. Yeah. Fat of the Lamb. Great, man. great album. A resounding <laughs> thumbs down from Kerry Rhodes yeah. right there. And you gave a resounding thumbs down to Corwin, Corwin Brown, your uh, DB coach, when you were a rookie? I did. I Man, I love Corwin so much. I mean, literally, that guy molded me to be, you know, the best version of myself when I was with the Jets. But I, like I said, he challenged me. And, um, you know, at Louisville, I got challenged a little bit as well going into my senior year by Petrino. So I, I love that type of coaching, but it just seemed very, very, very intentional. And I was, I, and you know, you start to get embarrassed as a rookie, and you start to try to find the wits about you to be, you know, to speak up and do the things you want to do on that level, and for it to be forced down my throat in that manner was very, at the time, I felt disrespectful, but then as I looked, removed myself from the immediacy of what I felt, you know, emotionally in that moment and looked at it big, big picture-wise, like I said, really one of my one of the best coaches I've ever been around, and yes, I did almost fight him. We had to clear everybody, Man. clear everybody else out the room, and it was me and him, one on one, talking it out like men, and we got through it. And after that, it was such a beautiful relationship. I swear, it's such a guy thing, right? It is. If you almost come to blows, or even if you do, I don't know what it is. Yep. Like you just respect someone that stands up to you. And doesn't back down. It's so weird. It's the right? like, it, it, you could try to kill each other, yeah. and then you're boys. It's so weird how it, not all the time, yeah. but more times than not, it seems to work out. Brian, it's, it's the it's the it's what you just said. It's that being able to speak your mind as a man, one on one, and having that having that conversation about it, whatever it is, even in the moment, if you're again about to come to blows or whatever the case may be, if you can literally have a talk about it and hear each other out on both sides, like literally listen to each other and understand where it's coming from and why it's being done, that's a whole different ballgame. You know what I would love to know? I would love to know which NFL coach, head coach or assistant, would be the best fighter 
<laughs> if it came to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, here's Kerry Rhodes as a rookie. Yeah. And you're locking horns with, I don't know, Dan Campbell now? I don't oh, know. Yeah. Who would be at the top of the list? I think at the top, I, I know I sound like a homer when I keep talking about it, but like Robert Sala looks like he's yeah. pretty well put together, right? That'd be a good fight. He does. <laughs> I, it, 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 he looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. That could not be the case at all. I don't know, but exactly. he looks like he's he's got a move or two. He, like, looks, he looks the part. <laughs> okay, how about this? Because we saw some of this at Commander's Camp this week. So... This is Ron Rivera just volunteering information about his players talking to him about offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Eric has an approach and it's the way he does things and he's not going to change and, and, and because he believes in it. Jack has his approach. You know, um, having been a head coach, I think Jack has a tendency to try and figure guys out a little bit more as opposed to, hey, this is it, this is the way it's going to be, that type of stuff. Where Eric, Eric hasn't had that, that experience yet. Yeah, so shockingly, it was a big deal where Eric Bieniemy has, um, he's interviewed for 15 head coaching jobs, Kerry, yep. and hasn't landed one of them. And so Ron Rivera, complete lack of foresight, just throws it out there. Yeah, I got all these players complaining about Bieniemy's intensity. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he's not been a head coach before like Jack Del Rio, so he can't really adjust, is what he's saying. Yeah. And then the next day he's like, you guys are making way too much out of this. Just a disastrous job by by Ron Rivera. <laughs> I think that's the first part of it. How can He's going into year 13. He's the guy who sounds like a rookie head coach. Yeah, throwing you guys under the bus isn't probably the way they go, but I also I, I hear what he's saying. I think, again, I think a lot of these coaching, coaches and teams and individuals in sports now are, are getting these mics put in their face, and they're just saying whatever they want, and it's mm-hmm. it's 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 just not the old school approach. And so when you see these things happening, you, you, you get the discourse that people are trying to speak their mind because of these platforms and having attention drawn to themselves. But it's it's not healthy. you got to keep those things indoors and in-house, and that's the only way to get better as a team and, and to stay united. Now, Hall of Fame offensive lineman Joe Thomas, he was on the Dan Patrick show, and he basically said, I don't care if you're a yeller or you're a player's coach. It's all about the information. If you're giving me information that helps me be a better player, that's all we really care about. Yeah. How did you view it as a player? Similarly? I did, yeah. I mean, the, the, the crazy thing about my experience with it is I love the guy that's going to be straightforward and, and speak his mind, and it doesn't matter how the approach is. I think if it's the right information, I can take it and I can digest it and move forward. Yeah, right. Well, man, that's he just created a soap opera. <laughs> if week five, the enemy has words, this, we're going to revisit this whole thing. It's crazy. Coming up next, a wild contingency plan. Man, we were close to all-time history. Details on the way. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Man, Kerry Rhodes, the 49ers, they let it be known this week that their contingency plan should they have made it to the Super Bowl, was to call Phillip Rivers and say, hey, man, we need a QB. He was coaching high school football. (laughs) And he was down with this plan. This had been in the works for a long time before the NFC Championship game. But if it came to that, that was the backup plan, to see Phillip Rivers in there. Can you imagine that, Kerry? No. 
That would have been all-time stuff if it worked out that way. It would have been one of those epic, uh, you know, ideas you have at home when you're drawing something on the paper and you're like, you know what? If I try this, this can be monumental. This can be a game changer. That's what that feels like. It's almost like a a coach trying to play chess when the other team is playing checkers, but it backfired. Like that wouldn't work at all, Brian. A guy coming off the couch to come win the Super Bowl would just be unimaginable. Man, well. Think about this, too, because, you know, the Eagles crushed San Francisco in that game. But let's just say that Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt early on. Let's say Brock Purdy gets hurt toward the end of the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe they would have had a lead. Maybe they would have held on. We're not that far off, right? They were in the NFC title game. Right. And then if it's Phillip Rivers and the Niners against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, Can you imagine if Philip Rivers played well? It, yeah. It's not like the Chiefs are all world defensively. And that field, th- there were no sacks in that game because it's like the defensive guys couldn't get traction and rush the passer. That was part of it. So maybe Philip Rivers, with all of that talent around him with the Niners, he could have played respectfully. Maybe that's a fourth quarter game. Who knows, well, right? Well, you know what? Yeah, I mean, Phillip would have definitely played respect respectfully for sure. But I mean, you could take the, you know, all of Philip Rivers' playoff. I don't want to say futility for him. I mean, it's not like he hasn't played well in some of those games, but he hasn't been the guy to get his teams over the hump when he's had those talented teams around him. So to expect him to come off the bench and come off the street, so to speak, in this one. It just doesn't sound like it would be something that would work out. Yeah, well, it, it might not have. <laughs> but <laughs> that's the thing is just the script, Yeah, just the chance. Yeah. And think about Philip Rivers, where a lot of people, they say he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Right. He should be. Yeah. Like, he's got the numbers. He's got the credentials. He's sixth in all-time passing yards, sixth in all-time touchdown passes. All these top ten guys are in. Right. Now, he doesn't have a Super Bowl mm-hmm. or a Super Bowl appearance, and that hurts him in the eyes of many. But, man, when you put up – he's got more touchdown passes than Dan Marino. Yeah, I know it's a different era, but yeah. good Lord, 421 for Phil? He's going to get in there. But the point is, some people look at him and say, he shouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Or even if they say, yes, he should, it's like with a shoulder shrug and like, yes. You know, like that sort of thing. <laughs> if he got the call – from Kyle Shanahan's like, bro, we got no quarterbacks. Do you want to suit up for the Super Bowl <laughs> against the Chiefs? Get the opportunity. And if he cashed in on that, that's his legacy. That's a script that is unreal. If you went to the movie theater and saw that, you'd be like, this is the dumbest movie of all time. And we were in the ballpark of that happening. You know what, Brian? I would have gotten the rights to that film as soon as it happened. If he got the call and was going going to San Francisco to go and play in the Super Bowl in two weeks, uh, having not played all year, yeah, it it just I I would have bought the rights, no question. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah we'll name it the Bolo. I don't know what a working <laughs> title. We'll figure it out as we go along here. Uh, Brian, though, he's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. How about the debut of Jordan Love, Packers quarterback? Mm. He's taking over for Aaron Rodgers, and he looked good, all things considered, against the Bengals. Now, the Bengals had a lot of their backups in there, but Jordan Love, 7 for 10, 46 yards, threw a touchdown pass. 
Romeo Dobbs, his receiver, was blanketed. It was a nice touchdown throw by Love. But it was interesting, his, his coach, Matt LaFleur, after the game, he said there was a deep ball that was broken up by Dax Hill to safety. And LaFleur was like, yeah, you know, the nuances of keeping that safety put with his eyes mm-hmm. and, you know, delivering that same pass, it's going to be a completion if he does that. That's where I look at this, Kerry, and it's not to find a negative out of a positive, but I just, you got to do the math on this. If he's going up against the backup defense mostly, and the coach is talking about him not using his eyes to keep the safety away from his right. receiver, right. kind of a big deal when the regular season rolls around. So I think we're going to be in store for a good amount of growing pains here. Yeah, I agree. I think Jordan Love has potential to be a, a, a really nice replacement for Aaron Rodgers, but it's going to take time. Again, he hasn't played a lot of ball. Um, he has the talent. I think Aaron is at, has actually spoken that a little bit as well, saying, no, Jordan's going to be a good guy and, and, and a good predecessor for him. So I want to see what he does when the bullets are flying live. And yes, these moments are learning moments for him right now. Preseason, some of these moments for some are, are bigger than others. And for him, it's a big one. He needs to learn how to, like you said, the nuances of the game and, and know that you know safeties in this league if you're giving tips and you're eyeing, eyeing guys down, you won't last long. So hope he learns from it. Man, you think about the shoes that he has to fill mm-hmm. and compare that to the rookie quarterbacks. Whose shoes is Bryce Young filling? Sam Darnold's? Right. <laughs> you know, like, like, right. think about uh, C.J. Stroud, Davis Mills. Yep. Or Anthony Richardson. What, Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger last year? Like, the Colts haven't had anybody since Andrew Luck, right. you know? Right. So you compare that to Jordan Love, who's filling the shoes of Aaron Rodgers, and I would argue, not just that, filling the shoes of the last three decades when it's Favre and Rodgers. They've been used to five-star quality. You know what I mean? Yep. They're meals. They're high-end steaks there in Green Bay. <laughs> Every night, just quality, quality. And if it's not what they're used to, Man, it's going to be so hard to remain patient. But I'm getting this vibe here. I've done some fill-in stuff for a Milwaukee station. Yep. I'm getting this vibe already, Kerry. If Jordan Love struggles from time to time or consistently during the year, I don't think they're going to point the finger at him. Mm. They're already starting to point the finger at Matt LaFleur. Yeah, It's something to keep in mind because I, I really do think a lot of the Packers diehards, they just go straight to LaFleur. Like somehow he's the reason why... He didn't keep the safety in the middle of the field with his eyes. It's LaFleur's fault. Okay. But I'm just telling you, be prepared for that because I'm already hearing it. Yeah, I think so. I think with Matt, he's had some chances here, right, to win a couple of Super Bowls with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, they had really good teams and regular season teams where they performed really well and haven't, you know, haven't had success in the postseason. So I think, yes, with the quarterback part of it, I I 100% agree with you, but I also think – they're they're operating from a, a a sense and knowledge of, you know, we had chances to win this thing and he hasn't gotten it done. So I can definitely see the pressure being on Matt right now for sure. Man, and I love these Packer fans where it's what August thirteenth right now, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you know, I, we'll be patient. <laughs> it's gonna be cool to see what things are like when. You don't have to rely on a guy throwing three or four touchdown passes like Rodgers. We get to see what the rest of the roster has. I'm like, oh my gosh. That all sounds great <laughs> in August. But when you're not getting the same quality that you're used to, yeah. 
most fans freak out. And I just love these flowery things of like, oh, no, it's cool. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. I'm like, okay, talk to me in week five because I think you might be headbutting the wall by that time. Yeah, Green Bay fans are, are, are way too intellectual and, and about the game to really sit back and, and let mediocrity happen. So I just don't see that happening. But, yeah, I mean, it sounds good. It's like one of those things where <laughs> like you, you start to, to try to take care or, or – caress a situation knowing that it's about to be a combustible one so you're trying to soften the blow that's what it sounds like but at the end of the day when it gets to Green Bay and their knowledge and, and the way their fans are so in tune and have been intact with that team for so long I just don't see that happening man Carrie, I gotta tell you a quick quick story I have a new favorite person in the world Uh-oh. okay his name is Cedric Mullins he is the center fielder of the Baltimore Orioles yeah. okay so a little in-game, no and roads action, you know? Yeah. Little bet on the Orioles. Oh, you did. Okay, yeah. You got yeah. in. I saw the line before the game stunk a little bit. <laughs> it, it tended to, to trend Orioles the way it was. And uh, so it was tied later on. I'm like, I'm going to sprinkle a little, a little bit. Little Scooby Snacks That's what I used to call <laughs> cash when it wasn't so widely accepted uh-huh. <laughs> betting. A couple of Scooby Snacks on the Orioles. Cedric Mullins might have made the catch of the year in center field. Absolutely robbed a home run. The Mariners would have tied it up in the bottom of the ninth. Great catch by Cedric Mullins. The next hitter hits a moonshot to tie it up. (laughs) (laughs) So we fast forward, tie game, top of the 10th. Cedric Mullins. There's a runner on third after a sacrifice, right? One out. Hits a moonshot. Foul. Full count. Moonshot fair. Oh, he, Orioles up by no. two. So my guy Cedric <laughs> Mullins robs a home run, and then the top of the tenth hits a two-run homer. I mean, I can't put into words how much I love this guy. Hey, that's how it is. That's, we're in the betting age. It's so funny because you start to fall in love with guys, and you start to have disdain for guys. Oh, it's man. such a serious thing. Such a serious business. <laughs> so true, man. <laughs> I try to, I try to release the hatred. You know, I try to make it a, a quick. I try to have a cornerback mentality. You know mm, what I mean? Short memory. Yeah, if yeah. someone just misses two free throws to screw up a game, immediately you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. or <laughs> or take that three when it doesn't matter and hit it at the end. That's just, yeah. that's the worst one. Just, you know, just let, the, let, let the clock run out, man. That that happened to me, Carrie. <laughs> I, had a, I had about $300 on a, <laughs> this was a couple of postseasons ago in the NBA. Yep. Quick story, quick story. Most people don't care about this, but. <laughs> Everybody loves a good bad beat story. So I had the Warriors in game against the Grizzlies. This is two seasons ago. And uh, I took the Warriors, I think it was minus five and a half. Mm-hmm. It was looking bad. All of a sudden, they fouled Andrew Wiggins toward the end of the game. And this is the final seconds. So I'm like, I got a shot now. <laughs> it looked like they were just going to run the clock out. I don't know why the Grizz are fouling him. Wiggins hits the first one. They're up by six. Wiggins misses the second one. I'm like, ooh, that's not good. It it opens the door. Um, <laughs> you know, I, it opens the door because if he – I'm sorry. I think he made both. I wanted him to miss it. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> I, I can't remember that part of it. But they gave it to Dylan Brooks. Oh. And I'm like, just dribble it out, man. You're down six or seven, whatever it was. I'm like, dribble it out. Here comes Dylan Brooks. A little bit past half court. No. Heaves one up at the buzzer. 
banks it in. Oh. I lose off of that. <laughs> so, like, so you got a lot of disdain uh, for Brooks outside of him just being Dylan Brooks. You know, yeah. I try to release the hate. Yep. I don't want to have. I don't want to be that guy. You know, he hit a three. How does he know that screwed up my bet? It was just one of those where I'm like, it was such an ugly beat. I didn't even really get that mad. I, it was that bad. <laughs> I was like, you ever see Dave Chappelle? It was um, killing them softly. Yep. And he said, it's far more serious, but he's like, have you ever had someone say something to you that was so racist you didn't even really get mad about it? (laughs) And then he gave a funny example about it, and he he made light of it. But that's sometimes the deal with gambling. If there's ever a beat that's so bad, sometimes you don't even get mad about it, where you're like, that didn't just happen, right? Like, how? (laughs) Yeah. So I didn't really get that mad about it. You know what, Brian? Those situations are the worst because it really seems personal. It seems like they saw your card go in and, you know, they saw you had the first four wins and they were like, yeah, this guy I think is going to win tonight. Let me show him something right now. And that's, you know, that's what happens. Yeah. Like the betting gods are saying, you know what? Let's teach this guy a lesson here. Just, you know, little voodoo, Dylan Brooks banked in. I mean, ah, and, no money and Dylan Brooks' shot is so terrible, too. So for that to go in, oh, it just sucks. I know. I know. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> hey, our second grand winner will be drawn today to win a set of four brand new tires in the Summer of Tire Rack sweepstakes. The winner will receive a set of four tires plus installation, plus taxes, plus fees. It's all in the house. It's valued at up to $1,500. You want to enter now at foxsportsradio.com. It's free to register. You can also get bonus entries into the sweepstakes by following Fox Sports Radio on social media and by following Fox Sports Radio, that channel on the iHeart app. So a couple of ways to get bonus entries. To enter and get rules, visit FoxSportsRadio.com, sponsored by TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Giving away a package of 1500 bucks. Mm. You need some new shoes? You need some new shoes on the whip? I don't know if I can pull that off there, Kerry. But, uh, Sounded good. Sounded good to me. Yeah. You got my back, man. You, you truly have my back. You know I do. I really do. I love that, man. I do. All right, coming up next, the adults are acting like children. We'll explain. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes. This is Fox Sports Radio. If you have hate in your heart, let it out. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Brian No, he's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Tyrac.com studios. Iowa Sam, our technical producer, is with us. This is a dance party right now. I love this. Yeah. You ever go out in New York City when you were starring for the Jets all those years? Oh, Brian, don't get me started on those days. <laughs> those days I was discoing it up. Oh, uh, man. Had a fun. I mean, the night, the nightlife was crazy at that time, and it was pre- Social media, so some good things were happening. Just, just say that. <laughs> I did, um, I did a show with Olden Polonies one time, yeah. ex NBA player. Yep. He's awesome, man. And he had a line that was just hysterical one time. He was like, "You know who these, who the GM should be of these teams? It should be the ladies out at night. <laughs> they can spot." The guy who's going to work out. They can spot the ballers immediately. <laughs> He's like, I don't know how they do it, but they do it. And uh, I'm sure that you can attest to that, especially in New York City, man. Brian, they can, they listen, can almost tell you got money. You listen, know? man, it's it was nothing like it in those days. I mean, that's early to mid-2000s, and, you know, it's, it like I said, it predates the social media, the sharing age. And so oh, a man. lot of those things were just happening in real time, and you connected with people and and – all the celebrities were out at that time because they weren't worried about their pictures being taken or yeah. videos being shared. And it was just a fun, free time. I'm saying it's like I'm in the 70s or something, but it seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> I Man, I, I didn't really think about it. It's my fault. You can tell I haven't been famous before, right, Carrie? <laughs> never crossed my mind. But yeah, think about how much it would change if you could go out now and there weren't cell phones. It's not going to be documented you could just cut back and have a good time. Like that's not the way it is anymore. It's totally different. Yeah, no, I mean, I listen, like I, everybody's the paparazzi. If you think about it, right? Everybody, everybody has yeah. the phones out. I mean, you see those concerts and you see the live games and the things happening in real time, and you see all these people trying to document it with their phones and not being present in the moment. And it's just such a weird thing for me because I'm such a, a moment guy and I try to be present all the time. So to see all those people trying to document these things and not fully being there it just hurts my soul because i know how how much those moments can mean when you're fully present man no doubt about that so jim harbaugh the head coach at michigan so the suspension is off he was going to be suspended for the first four games of the season yeah and the ncaa committee on infractions they stepped in and said no deal's off there's so many angles to this i'll try to keep it as simple as possible because i don't want anybody to get lost in a sea of over information right so i can't believe that 
the NCAA and Michigan negotiated the initial punishment. Right. I couldn't get over that. Like, <laughs> that's a kid misbehaving and just negotiating with his or her parents what the punishment should be. Right. How, how, is, how, how is that a thing? If the parents say, you're grounded for two weeks, you don't hit them with, mm, how about one? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't understand how that was even part of it. Yeah. So anyway, they worked this four-game suspension out, but the NCAA Committee on Infractions, they weighed in and said, no, deal's off. And they had a statement, Kerry. They said... The Michigan infractions case is related to impermissible on- and off-campus recruiting during the COVID-19 dead period and impermissible coaching activities. Not a cheeseburger, okay? Like, <laughs> in their opinion, it's been overly simplified right. to that. Like, right. that's why Harbaugh is getting the four-game suspension. They said, no, it's deeper than that. I just think this, Kerry. I think both sides are acting like kids. Jim Harbaugh could have come clean and said yeah i misled these ncaa investigators he wouldn't do that no and now the ncaa committee on infractions they're making this much more complicated saying no 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 that four game suspension it's off and uh, all this stuff about it's just a cheeseburger well it's not and uh, meh, meh, meh. Yeah. they're just trying to save face too this whole thing is just stupid yeah it it gives off i need to be right Right. And I think a lot of times that's how the NCAA handles things, right? Like they, they want to be right. It doesn't matter what the, what it really comes down to or what it really boils down to, what the real thing is. Because at the end of the day, even the the the, the worst infractions, and you, you know they try to jump in front of it and, and make makes make these things seem you know black and white when they're really not. And so yeah, it just seems like that. It seems like they want to be right and be the ones that gets their name in front of the punishment or whatever, or whatever it is. And that's what it boils down to. And I think with, you know, with them trying to come to a, a resolution early, I think that is the way to do it. And so now it's going to be this thing that's drawn out, long and drawn out, and then he's going to coach this whole year. And it just doesn't make any sense. If something happened, let's get to the bottom of it and, and nip it in the bud now. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. I think a lot of this is just based on principle, you know? And look, I'm like this. I would bet you're like this a lot, Carrie. Is sometimes it's not about the factors at play. It's about the principle of yeah. it. You know what I mean? I'll give you a great example. This is a ridiculous story, but <laughs> but so I'm working in Portland. I go to a pizza place. I won't name them. Domino's. <laughs> uh, I went to a pizza place and I got my pizza, and it was whatever it was, like seven ninety nine. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I paid for it, and uh, maybe I gave them 10 bucks or 20 and they gave me the change, and the, the cash register person goes, ah, we're out of pennies. <laughs> and that was it. I was like, oh, okay. Not, hey, here's a coupon. Hey, here's a nickel. Yeah. I'm like, let me get this straight. This is your fault, right. and I pay for it. <laughs> I never went back again. Based on principle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes, I like, do. Sometimes I, I make um, you know, decisions based on principle. Here's the truth, though. Sometimes doing things based on principle can get in your own way. Yes. And that's where I think this is with the NCAA Committee on Infractions and Jim Harbaugh. For the committee to say, no deal, it's off. It's not just about a cheeseburger. This whole thing is based on principle, 
and it's getting in their own way. Two things, Brian. Number one, the first mistake you made was going to Domino's. That's number one. <laughs> That's so, better pizza. Back in the day, it was awful. Okay. It, it's pretty good now. Not it, bad. Is it better now? Okay. Yeah, a lot All right. better. All right. but I'll, I'll let it go. I'll let you have that then. But then I think, again, like I said, it's I want to be right, and everybody wants to – feel like they did their job, right? Yeah. So that's all it boils down to. But I'm going to have to, uh, after the show, give you some more pizza recommendations because that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Hey, man, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. <laughs> Definitely. No problem. And I worked in New York for a little while. New York-style pizza is yes. tremendous. Yes, man. sir. So many good pizza places in New York. There's no doubt about that. All right. Monsi Bolaños is with us. She's is with us. You go from high-quality pizza to high-quality updates with some personality and pizzazz. That is Monty Bolaños here with us this evening. What's going on, Monty? I will tell you, I don't discriminate against pizza. Uh-oh. You put Uh-oh. Little Caesars in front of me, oh, I'm going to eat it. Monty, no. I'm going to eat it. No. I'm going to you. Why? I, I just, I love all kinds of pizza. Is it the best? No, of course not. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But I'm saying you walk in. <laughs> With Little Caesars, yeah. I will happily follow you and grab a slice. I w- got it. No it's problem. It's free ninety nine. No, yeah, no problem. Add the crazy bread. Stop it. That, that crazy bread is so good. That is ridiculous. No, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'm real simple when it comes to pizza. I love it. I can't help it. I've had it two days in a row from different places. Let's not talk about how much pizza I have on the weekly. Uh, all right. So obviously, week one of the NFL preseason has wrapped up. Earlier today, the Saints beat the Chiefs twenty six to twenty four, and a story just came out that the Saints won it on a walk-off field goal by their rookie kicker, oh. Blake Group. I'm going to say G-R-U-P-E, Group, yep. Group, hey, whatever. Okay. There's a story there. Yes, yeah, so team. he wins it. He wins it, right? And then he tweets, step one, get questioned walking onto the field pregame for not having credentials. Step two, hit a game winner. <laughs> step three, get stopped by security thinking I was a fan when trying to walk out the player exit. <laughs> Poor kid didn't get recognized after the game-winning field goal. But, I mean, what a day. Well, Monster, we don't know his name. So, yeah, we got to wait it out. But he just won it. So, you got to be like, oh, that guy just, okay, yeah. Instead, imagine getting stopped. It's like, I just won the game. What are you doing? So, that's always fun. The Raiders also beat the 49ers 34-7. to Again, just preseason. But in other NFL news, Eagles linebacker Sean Bradley will miss the remainder of the season after tearing an Achilles in Saturday's preseason opener against the Ravens. Saints rookie running back Hendre Miller left today's preseason game against the Chiefs with a knee injury. He's going to undergo further testing. Free agent pass rusher Jadavian Clowney is meeting with the Jacksonville Jaguars today. This is according to ESPN. Colts head coach Shane Steichen says that running back Jonathan Taylor is expected to return to training camp this week. There was no specific date. In Major League Baseball, the Pirates have retaken the lead over the Reds. This is game two of their doubleheader. It is 4-3, bottom of the fourth inning. The Pirates won game one earlier today. The Braves are just hot and they still are. They are beating the Mets. They just got going. It's 3-0 in New York, bottom of the first inning. Earlier today, the Angels held on to beat the Astros 2-1. Shohei Otani. Homers again. They Number won? 41. Wait a minute. They, the they Angels won? Oh <laughs> You're so rude. But yes, accurate feeling there. Yes, you are right. The Red Sox, they took down the Tigers 6-3. The Twins blink 
ninth, the Phillies 3-0. The Nationals scored five runs in the bottom of the ninth inning to beat the A's at home 8-7. The Blue Jays couldn't stop scoring against the Cubs. 11-4 was the final score. Guardians beat the Rays 9-2. Then the Marlins with a great comeback, also scoring five runs in the bottom of the ninth Mm, inning. They beat the Yankees 8-7. No bueno, no bueno. (laughs) The Brewers, they beat the White Sox 7-3. Giants held on to beat the Rangers 3-2 in 10 innings at home. Orioles also beat the Mariners 5-3 in 10 innings. The Dodgers have won eight in a row. That's right. They beat the Rockies 8-3. And the Diamondbacks ended up beating the Padres 5-4. Now, at the FedEx St. Jude Championship, it went down to the wire. Let's see. Are we going to a playoff? We, no, maybe, maybe. Maybe. So, Patrick Cantlay is in the lead. He is 15 under par. He is done for the day. Lucas Glover is 15 under par, and he has one hole left. So we may go to a playoff. We may not. Rory McIlroy ended one shot back along with Tommy Fleetwood. So maybe playoff in golf. Back to you guys. It's been fun. Man, always fun. Always, always You're on fun. top of everything. I, I try. I try. You're doing a great job. You man. know, you're minus golf. You're aside from St. Rogers earlier today for the Rockies and the Dodgers, I and, think it's pretty good. And 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 the Little Caesars, but we'll let and, that go. I'm just saying. I'm just. Say, it's not the best. I'm just saying. I will gladly eat it if you bring me that pizza. Man. No problem. But I do like New York yeah. style pizza the best. There you go. I will yeah. say that. There you go. I'm so all about great. that. But it no, yeah, I'll eat it all. Really, really good. Man. I'll eat Chicago it. Chicago deep dish. I, I do like all? Chicago. I do, yeah. but I can only do so much of it. You know what I mean? That's like fair. it's it's yeah. just it's very uh, filling, it's almost very like filling. a beer, like yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. New like, York style pizza, it's just one slice after another. After slice. another, Give me right? Another, somebody order another pizza. Exactly. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Oh man! But again, any pizza oh, man. is delicious. Stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Brian No and Kerry Rhodes with you here on Fox Sports Radio. Man, break out the Angels, Kerry. So they are. They improve after today's win to three and nine after the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. You know what? I I, I don't I don't want to say it was a mistake because I don't I don't think. Oh, that's it was a, a massive. I mistake. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. But you got to try to win with that guy there. I mean, you're not you're not going to sell him and get and get what you need back anyway. So go after it. But yeah, it's it's. Ah, it's catastrophic. You know what? I went back and saw. So this is during the All Star break. It's in Seattle, and it's worse than I thought mm. because I thought Otani had said, yeah, I want to win. That's not what he said. Uh-oh. Through his interpreter, far worse, Carrie, in my opinion. <laughs> Listen to this. This is Shohei's interpreter around the All-Star break in Seattle. Yeah, those strong, our feelings get stronger year by year. Um, it sucks to lose. I mean, he wants to win, so yeah, it gets stronger every year. It gets stronger and stronger every year. Mm. It sucks to lose. That's way different than, yeah, I want to win. Yeah, I want to win is what everybody wants. It sucks to lose, and it gets stronger every year. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He's so gone. He's he's gone. (laughs) you got to get something for the guy instead of nothing. Oh, you have to deal him. I know it sucks. I know that's not how you want to be known. Yeah. But it's the smarter move for the organization. It would have been that window is over and done. It's with. over. It's over. And show and show. Hey, you can tell once a win. I I know they showed the clip of him, uh, the, the the teammate trying to dap him up, and he kind of looks him off and just stays in his own <laughs> little spot and just looks around. You know, you know, he saw it too. So the fact that that's happening, yeah, he's it's not looking good for the Angels. It's just a blank stare. 
Yeah, he had to see him, too. His peripher- center field. His, peripher- you know? his peripheral is too good, Brian. <laughs> we know that. Um, Man, Kerry, betting on preseason NFL action, Yeah, it, it is a bit of a bumpy ride, okay? Because <laughs> uh, Monsi explained this. Now, I didn't have cash on this game, but the ending is hysterical. So she was mentioning the Saints kicker yeah. who had the game winner. Mm-hmm. So this is a pretty basic thought that – Coaches make decisions much differently in the preseason than they do the regular season. Yes. We know that. Yeah. But then it comes down to that moment where even though you know that, it happens, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> so in that Chiefs-Saints game, Chiefs have the lead. Okay, rewind a little bit. Saints score a touchdown. They go for two to take the lead with just over a minute to go. <laughs> the play was a disaster. <laughs> Illegal motion, like the snaps messed up, the quarterback's getting hit before there's ever a chance. So the Saints are down by a point. The Saints have two timeouts, Kerry. Mm-hmm. There's just over one minute to go. So the Chiefs run a couple of plays. They get stuffed, you know, lose a yard, lose a yard and a half. It's third down. Saints are out of timeouts. The Chiefs are like, that's a good time to throw it. No, they didn't. They threw an interception. Oh. That's what set up the game winner. <laughs> like they would never do that in the regular season. That's what they did. Exactly. No, that's <laughs> yeah. That would not happen unless it was the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are aggressive. So I could see them being the only one. Them or either the Patriots or something with, with Belichick trying to outsmart somebody. But other than that, you run the ball three times and the game's over. Man and carry your Jets. Now I was betting on this game. Okay, <laughs> I'm watching the Panthers and Jets yesterday. The, the Panthers can't score. They got shut out. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching the second half. I'm like, no one can score. I'm going to take the under 26 and a half. Okay. <laughs> it was 13 to nothing at that time. Jets score a touchdown. So it's coming down toward the end. They're under two minutes to go. Jets are up 20 to nothing. It's fourth down. They're inside the Panthers five yard line. Again, now would be a great time for a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> You're up 20 to nothing. There's under two minutes to go. Yeah. They're like, nah, let's see what the third stringer can do in a fourth down situation. Oh, exactly. Wide open, (laughs) tight end, I think. Touchdown, I lose. But that's what I'm saying is they make these decisions that are so different than the regular season. Mm -hmm. And even though you know that, when it actually plays out, you're like, oh, really? That's how? That's how I'm going to lose? Brian, stop. <laughs> don't don't do it in the preseason. You know better than that. This is this is malpractice. This is something. <laughs> hey, hey, I hear you. I get it. But every now and then you can find these gems. I just took the Ravens outright. Yeah. And had a couple other legs in the baseball parlay. It hit. It was fine. The Ravens. Hats off to them. I know. They just care. They, <laughs> they care about they winning in the preseason. What's that? Twenty four in a row. Twenty four in a row. Yeah. It goes all the way back to 2015. That's it, that's man. impressive. I you, you can't lie. I mean, it's obviously they care about winning, but it also says a lot about just how ready John Harbaugh has those guys. And, and and I really believe he's one of the most underrated good coaches in the league. I think a lot of people look over him. He's won a Super Bowl, obviously, but yeah, he just gets the job done. I don't think they've had a losing season under him, have they? Or am I? Am I wrong here? I, they they might have. Might have. I'd have to go back and check. I bet they do because okay. you would hear that. We always say that about Mike Tomlin. They would say Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh. So I'm I'm pretty sure he's got one yeah. on his resume, but he's done a fantastic job. I wish I had the audio 
for you, or this is a year or two ago. Where he was like, I mean, this streak. Our players are going to tell their kids, their grandkids, <laughs> about this streak one day. I'm like, I don't think they will, Coach. I don't think so either. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't He's think got so either. two seasons sub 500. 2015. Only two. Okay. <laughs> coincidentally, when the preseason streak began. Yep. Right. Five and eleven. And then two seasons ago, eight and nine. Oh, okay, eight and nine. Okay. But yeah. everything else, at, at least 500 or better for John Harbaugh. Crazy stuff. Okay, coming up next, we got to get you some crazy predictions. And then also, it's it's more than just talent. A, a great example of that. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes. This is Fox Sports Radio. This will be a 31-yarder. Takes his steps to the left. Seven. Six from 31 yards out. Kick is up, and welcome to the NFL, Blake Groupie. The Saints win it, 26-24. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the TireRack.com studios. That was the Progressive Play of the Day, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Sound courtesy of Saints Radio Network. As Groupie hits the game winner, and then people thought he was a Groupie, I guess. <laughs> After the game, they didn't think he was an actual player. Oh, man. Didn't have ID or anything. It's <laughs> life of a kicker trying to make the team, you know what I mean? Oh, so man. No sometimes. credentials. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Groupie. That's the that's, way it goes sometimes. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. How about this, Kerry? We'll get to some funny stuff. I've located the John Harbaugh interview uh, uh, audio. Yeah. Also, some crazy Jets predictions. You as a former Jet, you'll love this. But first, how about this? This is on the Netflix documentary about Johnny Football. Johnny Manziel's agent is talking about uh, a lack of film study. Check this out. Their GM's calling me going, he doesn't watch tape. I'm like, well, he's got to watch some tapes. Like, EB, his iPad hours is 0.00. Zero. Yeah, the last part was Manziel almost bragging, zero. <laughs> I didn't do any work. Now, compare that to Justin Herbert, the Chargers quarterback. He was a guest on The Herd, and Cowherd asked him, how does he view the media, the talking heads, all that type of stuff. Here's what he said. I just never want to be distracted. I, I want to keep my focus on football, and, and that's the most important thing. And when I wake up in the morning, it's, all right, how can I be a better quarterback, better teammate, better person? Um, and if you listen too much to what's going on in the media or, or on TV shows or on talk shows, I, I think you lose that focus. And you can you know, you know, can get swayed one way or another. And um, I, I just don't think that's best for, for me to listen to. And so I've done my best to kind of stay away from it, focus on football, and uh, be a good teammate. Man, I, mm. I love the jugs machine in the background, right? <laughs> Football is here, baby. But, yeah. man, think about that, Kerry. What I take away is, and this isn't something that's newfound knowledge, but it just shows how much more the job is than just talent. Yeah. Johnny Football was talented. Not Justin Herbert talented, but if Justin Herbert had Johnny Manziel's work ethic or lack thereof where he's watching no film, he's not doing what he's doing in the NFL right now. Oh, a thousand percent. At that position, you have to study. You have to be, we talked about it earlier, you know, chess and checkers, right? Like you have to be a chess player when it comes to playing the QB position because at the end of the day, it's not about the actual, I mean, arm talent helps, obviously. It's, it's, it's essential, but 
I mean, I, I've seen some of the strongest armed quarterbacks and most accurate quarterbacks not have it upstairs and not be effective. So, yeah, I mean, you got to be a student of the game to, to succeed in that league. Absolutely have to be. Now, this is John Harbaugh. The Ravens have a 24-game preseason win streak. This is the audio after they got their 20th in a row. Check this out. I'm telling you, there's a lot of guys watching on TV with their kids, you know, telling their kids about this, that accomplishment and the fact that they were a part of that. That's, that's the most meaningful thing, I think. There's, there are other aspects of it, but to me, that's the thing that means the most. I just love it. You know, son, that's right. 20-game preseason <laughs> win streak. <laughs> I'd hope the kid would be like, Dad, is that the best you got? You got anything else on the resume there? You know, <laughs> I think that's hysterical. But they care. Good for them. They care in the preseason. They do care. But, yeah, I'm definitely not sitting in my rocker saying, you know what, son? <laughs> Back in my heyday in the preseason, I was unstoppable. That's and, right. Uh, that's, uh, you got to brag about you know. <laughs> something better. <laughs> How about this? Kerry, you're a former Jets player. That's Bleacher correct. Report. Gave microphones to Jet fans. Insane that craziness ensued, right? Check this one out. This one's not really a hot take, but the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl. Not a hot take. Jets <laughs> win it all, but not a hot take. Yeah. This one's even better. Check this one out. I'm a diehard Jets fan. 49ers and Jets in the Super Bowl. 24-17 Jets win. C.J. Mosley as the MVP. Oh, wow. Mm. See. Yeah, that's crazy, Kerry. C.J. Mosley, huh? C.J. going off-ball linebacker, wins it all. <laughs> Great to hang with you again, Kerry, man. Always, we'll do brother. it again. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.